Hello and welcome to another Cage Club Revisited. This is episode, wait, hold on, episode 47, Birdie, from 1984. I'm Joey Lewandowski. And I'm Mike Banzi. We, uh, with us today we have nobody, but if you want to go listen to an episode where we did have a guest, go listen to Cage Club Prime, episode 7, where we were joined by Christian Larson to cover this movie in depth, more analytically. This episode of Cage Club Revisited is meant to be listened to while you watch the movie. Today we are watching the DVD, Mike owns the DVD, and uh, <laughs> yep. the only thing on the menu is play feature, so, so I think um, we're going to hit that button. Away. Three, two, one, play. Go. Okay playing now that we can see if there's subtitles and nope no subtitles there's just straight up nothing on this disc nope bare bones as they call it so we are now you know the, the reason we're doing this movie today i hope i got some nice real nice sound on that uh marker Ooh, opening. yeah uh if you want to play Good. cage club movie bingo with us go to cageclub.me slash games mm-hmm. but That's the reason we're watching this movie sound. today is because we are in wedding season may and june a lot of weddings two movies come out each month this month and next month and we are doing something old, something new, something borrowed, something blue. <laughs> so, you know, Cage's no. seventh thing. There it is, Birdie. Inc- and including a TV show. So like a, this is a sixth movie. Uh, star of this movie, alongside Matthew Modine. In two weeks, we'll be covering Army of One, a much more recent Nicolas Cage movie. That's right. Ooh, Cage Both, gets second uh, billing. Oh, close. Matthew Modine. Just, yeah. And both sort of, um, not war-centric, but... Deal with war sure. in uh, kind of in ways. Absolutely, like, oh, Bruno Kirby. And then, if you want to come back in June for us, the something borrowed is a remake. What remake are we doing? What did we decide on? Gone in sixty seconds. Maybe? I think that was what it was. I think that's what it was. I we only did close out of it. And then something blue is, of course, the boy in blue, sculling, sculling, sculling. That's right. We'd uh, there'd be. <laughs> There'd be no World Series without sculling, would there? <laughs> True words were never spoken. <laughs> okay, this is some. This is an interesting tone they're trying to set here with the opening credits. Uh, somber, foreboding, yeah, somber. Based upon the novel Birdie, interesting. By William Horton. We have an email address here on the show: mailbag at cageclub.me. Let us know that you're listening to these. I mean, it's just a reason for me and Mike to watch these movies again. But we would love to know if you are listening to these. And I know people download them. I don't, know if, I don't know if people listen to them. Email mailbag at Cage Club to me. Also, while you're poking around cageclub.me, check out our Patreon and Threadless pages. Oh. And also all 25 programs that we have on the network. Oh, do we start in the institution? Do you remember much of this? I thought it was chronological, but it appears that Birdie has already been to war and back again. Been to war... Now he's back again. And Matthew Modine was Birdie, right? He, yeah. Cage is not Birdie. Yeah. There he is. And Matthew Modine's daughter... Is yeah, happy, happy death, death day, day and happy death day to you. Now I have a title for the third one, but I don't know how much sense it makes. It just sounds good. Happy death day three D. Happy death, happy death day to three, instead of to me to three. Hmm. But it kind of doesn't work right if you read it if you look at it. But it sounds good. Anyway, I mean the other part, the other thing you could do is you could do a happy the threeth day. <laughs> where the three is instead of the E and Backwards, the three, yeah. But then it just reads as Happy Death There's Day. Cage. Cage is Two-Face. They've both uh, been through the ringer, the shit, as it were. Two young guys. I wonder... Sort of Man, like... it's close, because I got crazy eyes on my thing, and Cage is going to have, <clears throat> I think, crazy eyes, but like I feel, oh, yeah. considering he just rolled oh, out of war. surgery... I'm going to have... I mean, I guess I can knock, knock off war now. We're in a war hospital. Of course. 
go. We're in like a Walter Reed type situation here. I know Birdie's going to stand on something weird later at the very, very end, but... Uh... What? <laughs> oh yeah, Kila Bamba. I know there's going to be a couple of these things. Overt sexism when they go under the boardwalk. Oh, right. That's this movie. Yeah. Hell yeah. Is this the one Cage removed a tooth to play? Yes, it yep. is. Mm-hmm. Which Shia did, too, I think, for Fury, didn't oh, he? Oh, that's right. Look at him. You know, I had a tooth removed as a teenager. Um, later was told, like, maybe that shouldn't have been taken out, I guess, but it was to make space. Uh, my point is I could probably uh, play this role. Oh, probably. <laughs> because of that. No. I didn't want to jump to conclusions there. I don't have a jump to conclusions you don't have that mat? in front of me. No. no. So I wanted to make sure that I, I followed your train of thought okay. up at the end All there. Right. Uh, Cage Club is, uh, Podcast Network crossover across the left because Matthew Bodine starred in Funky Monkey, which was covered oh, on Monkey nice. Club. Oh, nice. So someone returns from another Cage movie, we're going to have – it's a double. So um, – the Gatsby in here is from his very first thing. It is Crispin Glover. He was in, um, you know, he was the lead. Is Crispin in this movie? Yeah, he's bowling. He's the Gatsby. He that's is the Gatsby, can- yes. And now that is also a... Um, Billions are bowling, I have that. That's also a Twin Peaks connection, right? Isn't it? Wasn't he in Twin Peaks? Crispin? Oh, no, I'm thinking of... Oh, he's in Wild at Heart. That's what I'm thinking of, Wild at Heart. Oh, well, another Cage movie, though, so he returns from two movies. Crispin Glover also in American Gods, which just ended last yes, night. Don't tell me. Are. I have yet to watch it. The last Man, episode. It's... I really like this season, but I don't know. I don't. Oh, well. You saw last week, though, right? Yeah, the Mad Sweeney episode. It's crazy. I thought that was cool. I liked the one before it more with uh, with Thor. When they were like at, with Thor in Columbia. Yeah. I liked that whole... I wish they had done a little more of that kind of stuff. Because where was Loki? Well, I wish that that show did more. We are a whole we're all five ready. minutes into the, into the movie, and we are already <laughs> discussing something else. Um, Although Two Face, I mean, he looks great. He could have been a you know bat villain right there. The opening of that one episode they did, where the kid, the Asian kid, was doing the music. Oh, it was like, great! That was, so that was cool. amazing. Like, I want more yeah. of that. Like, I just feel like I don't give a shit about Shadow Moon. Mr. Wednesday, now that we know that he's Odin, he's just, he, like, he doesn't, I feel like he doesn't have anything to do this. He's season. just collecting his, like, accoutrement, right? I need my spear, I need yeah. this, that, that. Uh, yeah, I, I just like how they're sort of delving more into the other gods a bit, and we're getting to see their true forms. Like, stuff. Laura is the main character now. That's a little weird, yeah. Which is fine, but she also doesn't have anything to do, because she's just like, I gotta be not dead. It's kind of stolen. Oh, here we ripped. go. Whoa. He is so ripped. Here we are at the Sandlot. It's pretty mm-hmm. cool. Ground or short. Yeah, he is jacked. I mean, he's always been in good shape for the most part, but like here, you know, when he's got his his boyish body, because this is 84, right? So that he's mm. 20 years old here. Is one of our things like time jump or something? Like this definitely counts. Or something. He just hit a home run. Oh, into the yard. Is that Birdie's yard? He's Cage is shirtless. You think this counts? Like, you can see his abs. Mm, close enough. You know what's funny about this? He's playing baseball, the sport that. Surpassed Scully. Scully. That that replaced Scully, yes. Yes, that we will get to down the line at the end of this. Something borrowed, something blue. Cage, go run after the ball. He's still got some of that Valley Girl hair, I think, in the front. Oh, absolutely. Birdie uh, acting like a bird up in the tree. Cage, you know, just confounded and just so interested in what is Birdie doing up there? I'm getting sexual from the jump. 
All right. Is this cage and overt sexism? <laughs> I don't think this is overt sexism. I think... Oh, they're under the bleachers, and then they'll go under the boardwalk? Wow, he likes to make out under stuff. <laughs> and he's got a name. It's Birdie. What do they call him, the weird kid? Wait, he's going to go leave to check out Birdie instead of make out with her, I guess? Okay. Cage starts running. All right, truck that off. Bird Boy. Bird, as he grew up to be Birdman, Michael Keaton. Is it the same character? <laughs> this feels like... It's not, but it feels like Uncle Francis said, you can't be in the Outsiders. He's like, alright, fine, I'm going to do my own Outsiders. Kind of, right? yeah. Because it feels like of that era, that. sort of, of him just like in a bunch of ragtag misfits... I wonder if Island would like this movie because Island loves a, a group of ragtag misfits. Of course, I'm just gonna I'm gonna monologue here. Um, we are here at Cage Club HQ North at the Mike Manzi HQ Compound North, watching Birdie here on Cage Club Revisited. Welcome to the program. If you are just tuning in nine and a half minutes in, we are watching Birdie on DVD. We are, you're, you're supposed to be watching the movie as you are listening to me try to, try to vamp, try to fill time. Nicholas Cage is wrestling with a kid right now. Maybe with Birdie. Yeah, I'm back. Sorry about that. It's all good. I, I just said have, a whole bunch uh, of nonsense. I meant to, uh, I meant to tell you beforehand, I might have to take a call or so, but, uh. Well, the listeners got to hear that sweet, sweet me filling that time. Nice. It was like episode three or four of, uh... What do they do? What does he do with the birds? I forget. Are they homing pigeons? Is he teaching them? It might be. Uh, It's enough that they fly, man. I mean, isn't flying, like, a lot? So they're kind of hanging out in front of Michael Myers' house, and, uh... God, that for the hair, he looks like a bird. Cage. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He, well, he's the wood, Woody Woodpecker. Who's that kid? His brother? Or does Cage just hang just out with all of kid. them? Okay, yeah. I keep forgetting that this is supposed to be like the 40s, right? Uh, 60s? Where are we? 56? Oh, that's a really good question. What um, year is it? World War II? What year is it? <laughs> I think it's Vietnam. I can't remember. Well, that would be later, right? Yeah, that's what. Well, it could be. You search Birdie on as IMDb, early as like fifty. At the late fifties, though. Birdie, two friends return home from the Vietnam War. One becomes mentally unstable and obsesses with becoming a bird. <laughs> that's the whole synopsis. Should we shout out Brian and read the back of the Blu-ray? Or of course. DVD yeah, of course. box? Sword of New Heights in this spellbinding movie starring <laughs> Matthew Modine and Nicolas Cage. To escape an irrational world, Birdie Modine, a Vietnam veteran, sits in an almost catatonic state in an army hospital where he has come to believe he is one of the feathered creatures of his boyhood dreams. In an effort to break Birdie's silence, his psychiatrist brings in Al... 
Columbato. Is that it? Columbato? Columbato, yeah. Columbino. Uh, Cage, Bertie's loyal best friend of his youth. Al desperately tries to reach the disturbed Bertie and bring him back to reality. The answer may lie in their youth, where the eccentric Bertie first donned wings and the happy-go-lucky Al helped him to fly. Ooh. Remember in the junkyard, when they fall face-first into real garbage water... Cage was just on a bike. He and Bertie were biking through town oh, with birds on their handlebars. Look at that. That's awesome. And then they were just building a clubhouse. It's probably So a this is house. pre-war, right? This yes. is all Okay. So this is probably like 55, like think, you know, Marty McFly uh, parents. Oh, Crispin Glover. Do you think he's playing George McFly in this movie? <laughs> I mean, George isn't quite an outgoing Gatsby jerk like he is in this movie, but I'd like to imagine. You never know. So do you think the the thing is that the pigeons kind of get, like, lost and trapped within, like, the inner city or, like, the neighborhood, so they collect them to send them back out into sea or something? Like, I'm not sure what they're, what they're doing with the birds, per se. Write in and let me know. What are they doing with the birds in what this What do they movie? do with all them birds? <laughs> That's a shirt. I feel like, <laughs> I feel like we could start doing that now that we have a threadless shop. Bunch of saying just, phrases. Just start kind of coining phrases as we're doing this. Oh, so here. So I told you before we started recording that I have a gift for you. You might already have this, in which case if you do, that's totally fine. But I saw this and thought of you, and before, without asking if you had it, I wanted to just buy it because I said it was 50 cents. It's not very expensive. But... Okay. Um, oh, I do have it. <laughs> I just saw that and I was like, you know... That's awesome, I though. I can't not buy, for 50 cents, it's the it's Bill and Ted's Bogus, Bogus Journey. Journey. So maybe I'll give that to Kara. If you already have that, I'll yeah, just no, pass it Yeah, no, definitely. Pass it along, because she is our Bill and Ted expert, but I appreciate the thought wholeheartedly. They talked yes. about Bogus Journey, and they talked about both of those movies on the latest episode of Wistful Thinking, I believe, and... Or maybe it was What Am I Chewing? And Kara said that when, you know, when she was on, we all, all three of us liked Bogus Journey more, but she just mm-hmm. saw... I think Bogus Journey at the Draft House in Yonkers. Oh, cool! And I think she realized that she liked the first one better. Oh, interesting. Okay, but she loves both those movies. They're so, so. good. Yeah, I ended up also finding my childhood comic adaptation of Bill and Ted's oh. Bogus Journey in the garage. I was like, "Oh, look, they're in bird form!" Holy crap! I forgot how crazy these bird suits oh, were. So I guess to make the birds feel more at home, or they're gonna fly. I don't know. I guess it's just their camouflage. Yeah, to make the other birds think they're giant birds. This is, uh, I mean, I crossed Gift Worthy scene off a while ago, but. Oh, you did? I can tell you. (laughs) And, like, that construct they're climbing, it's kind of like a gigantic birdcage looking kind of thing. Hmm. Doesn't he almost fall? Oh, they do fall. I think they do. Yeah, this is not a good scene for them. It's crazy. Their, you know, well being, their overall well being. Yeah, this is a really weird, like, how did they get, like, who thought of this? This is interesting. Like, yeah, Birdie has these bird suits made of feathers, and he hangs out on top of the uh, factory. Whoa, that's quite a drop. And I feel like this is all Cage just... um Oh, entertaining the fantasy that Birdie wants to live through, right? Mm-hmm. Like, he wants to make sure that Birdie 
is safe, but like, look at that. I mean, well, I think, yeah, it's like, I'm trying to think it's like several things because they don't seem like Cage and Birdie don't necessarily seem like they would hang out ordinarily. So I think it's like Cage's fascination with Birdie. Yeah. Um, like, why doesn't Birdie play baseball and hang out like other people? Like, what is he into and why, why is it so fascinating to me that I understand this guy? And, uh, and I think it turns into like this sort of brother kind of thing too. Like he becomes sort of protective of Birdie, you know, because like look at Birdie, he's so irresponsible. Like he just doesn't have that part of him where he can't tell it's too dangerous to keep doing something. Do you think he's reckless or is he like off balance? Like you know what I mean? Like, is there something like mentally? Because mm-hmm. obviously he's he's uh, if, if, if at the at the best case scenario, and I don't want to get into too much of yeah. diagnostics here, but like he's at least severely uh, like mega shy, right? Like he's yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like an outcast, maybe by choice, but maybe not. But I feel like there's. Well, I thought that was a like a, a bat wings, but yeah, no. Yeah, no. There's something going on with him. I mean, I don't think it's it's necessarily any different than like you know someone who's out like bug collecting or things like that, but it, it is something, he is taking it to a, a unhealthy extreme, I'll tell you that much. They're re-showing Whoa, his fall a couple like times? three times as Cage races down to uh, see if he's, whoa, another time. Why? Why? Whoa! I don't remember this at all. It was such a crazy stunt, they had to keep showing it. You know, we talked about when we covered Zondali a couple episodes ago. You ever visited that? Like, how is everyone not talking about yeah, the movie? Yeah, we got to keep where talking about Zondali. Nicholas Cage basically played in the Skinamax movie. How was nobody talking about the movie where he played a bird? Yeah, he was Birdman. In essentially, like a homoerotic relationship with a neighborhood boy. Right? Yeah, but yeah, you know, because I think people, people, when they went back to see Early Cage, they made it to like Vampire's Kiss, and they didn't decide to go further back. You know, like that's as far yeah. back. They figured that's as crazy as it got. But or like, if you see the early ones. I guess you see Valley Girl, and you're like, I'm good. Well, yeah, because there's nothing too outrageous to the degree that he's sort of playing it more straight and casual in that movie. You know, like he he seems to be playing ball a little bit differently, or at least maybe yeah. the character is just that way that he's just a little different than some of these more eccentric characters. Sure. Like I feel, because he I mean he's pretty straight and down the middle here. It just the because he, he has to be, he sort of has to be the straight man to Birdie, right? Like he can't be the he can't be his vampire's kiss character when Birdie is the one who sort of sep- yeah, separated yeah. from even in this condition when he like lost half his face or at least like he we don't know I don't remember what he looks like under there but like take his face off. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he's got half his face off. That looks like both a very comfortable pose to be squatting in and a wildly uncomfortable pose yeah. to be squatting in. I, like, I also don't it, know that I could actually get my body to that angle and like still be upright. Like I think uh, he might be using the wall for a little bit of support, <laughs> but he's real low. I feel like I've seen pictures of like people sitting like that in the streets, like um like like I think like Japanese gangsters in like the fifties and sixties, like I could have sworn I saw like they're like in these leather jackets and sunglasses and stuff and they sit like that. Well, I know that Ichiro Suzuki, when he was, I mean, he's, he just retired this year, actually, but, you know, when he was one of the baseball, Major League Baseball's best players, he would he would basically do that in the locker room for 
45 mm. minutes at a time or longer just because it's a, you know, if you're able to hold that pose, like you're in, you have great core strength, your legs are like, it's just this crazy, it's not a crazy difficult pose to hit, mm-hmm. but to maintain, I think it's a very, you know, you need to yeah. be in good shape to do that. Wow. Birdie was really far gone. These photos. How far, how, do you think that was a fun photo shoot to do? Maybe these production <laughs> stills are in the movie. Birdie looked really anguished in the corner of this bathroom. Give me, give me shell shocked. Now this is not a jail, right? Like we are not. No, yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I miss, I miss, uh, misthought that. I thought maybe I'm put little dots next to ones that I thought might come up, but I haven't crossed them off yet. Has Cage stuttered or hesitated? It's hard to it's, hear. Yeah, I don't we think can't so. really tell. I mean, he might later with that, you know, stuff on his face. It could things get a little get, difficult. When things to get talk. emotional. When things get heavy. He might. I see a path to winning. I don't know if it's going to happen or not. I know we're going to get to the beach. I know that there's... We got close to nudity. We might still get it. I don't want to... If Cage wears a hat... But it's hard to recall. I don't think I've watched it since we watched it in 2015. I think your 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 real chance here is to have Cage in full uniform before he gets injured. You know oh, what I mean? titular line's been spoken. Yep. Yeah, that's a good call. I like. I remember Birdie's um, war flashback to be very intense when we get to it. And this movie's kind of sleepier than I remember. When we were picking up these movies, and I looked up the time, seeing it was two hours long. I was like, "Oh boy!" <laughs> like I feel like not that you want to speed this up because it is a heavier topic, but I feel like you could probably condense. You could do something like. Cut it closer yeah. to 90 or 100 minutes. I even think if they told it chronologically, it might flow better, but I understand what they're going for, you know. And they're trying to, I think it's like, as we're flashing back, Birdie's memories sort of coming back, maybe, right? Like, remembering the good times. Let the good times roll. Let the good times roll. Just like the cars saying? Was that the cars? I, think I believe cars. so. That song is in uh, Everybody Wants Some, I believe. What the good times roll. So this month on the Cage Club Podcast Network, the month of May, we've got a couple new episodes of Cinemakers coming out. Um, one of them is already out by now, I believe. You would have heard the Cinemakers episode with Matt Stewart talking about his two movies and us interviewing him. And then unless something goes horribly wrong, I believe this upcoming Monday you will hear our completion of the, or, you know, catching up to date shin of our Steven Soderbergh series with High Flying Bird. Now, here's a question for you, Mike. I know that we both watched uh, High Flying Bird when we were going to originally record yes. a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. You want to watch it again? I feel like I get it. I don't it. know. I don't think so. I'm, mm, I, I like might just... The, I like the movie. Yeah. And this is a podcast before the podcast. Mm-hmm. This is a talking bird. A precast. Talking bird during bird. Hey, here we go. I like the movie. I think it's short, which is very nice. Mm-hmm. I don't have a lot of notes about it. I don't know if watching it a third time is going to really give me any new insights into it. Here's what I... Oh, there's Bruno Kirby. Here's what I noticed that was sort of paradoxical, is I liked it more the second time, but I gave it a three and a half instead of a four star. I was like, how does that work? I don't know how that works out. But um, I don't know. Like, your way... I feel like I'm just less familiar with the with the inside talk and the behind-the-scenes sure. of all of that. So I might want to just, like... Put it on in the background while I'm doing something for a little while, but yeah, I don't think so. I don't know. Good question. 
Because it also comes to a point where I'm like, well, you know, not that I am trying to just... It's not like you really can compare one movie to another, but there's it comes to a point where, like, I haven't seen a lot of these movies. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, not, not specific. Like, I've seen all the Soderbergh movies or whatever. But, like, I've never seen movie X or whatever. Am I really going to watch High Flying Bird for a third time? <laughs> right, right. Even half-watching it or whatever. You know what I mean? So... Right, right. It's all about priorities. True, true. That's the true, true. Can't wait to talk, get to the Cloud Atlas for oh. memories. <laughs> One right. of my absolute favorite movies. Lots of Hanks going on in um, that one. Six of them. Six Hankses. And well, six timelines. Yeah. I know that. I don't know if he's and all we get, six. We I get bad Hanks, the... too. We get a couple, like... Yeah. Yeah, man. Evil Hanks. Um... Well, they're back, best friends, damn, on the other side of the battle. Cage got fucked up. It's kind of weird how, like, in in each way, like, they're unrecognizable, you know? Like, uh, how much they've changed. Like, Cage still has his mental faculties, it but like he's, he's got a physically... It's sleeve, except it's mm-hmm. a star, I think, but... It looks like yeah. a Pokeball. Yeah, no, I But Birdie looks the same, but he's all, like, you know... He's... He's, he's internally he's wounded. embodying something, yes. Yeah. And together they, you know, help and heal. I always wondered, are those, like, the psychologically best rooms to keep someone in when they're not doing too well like they just seemed that they would drive me crazier like a whole white room with no contrast and nothing to like break it up or anything i would imagine there's gotta be some reason why that happens whether it's whether it's reason of the day (laughs) no i mean like because you you think like if if someone is mentally unwell and they see something chaotic that might not you know what i mean like maybe there's something about the tranquility of some kind of soothing that you know even if it's not Mm -hmm. soothing in the way that seeing, you know, pictures of loved ones or whatever. Like, you're not going to be triggered by something. I hear you. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. But I feel like there's probably a reason. Okay. Or, if not, that's our million-dollar idea. (laughs) Interior decorators for mental institutions. I just know, like, a little color would go a long way. Just like a single stripe? (laughs) Accent wall. You're right. Yes. Just one wall that's, like, but red. It works for the movie, though, because they really stand out. You know, like, Birdie yeah. in blue and... Uh, the boy in blue. There you go. He's the boy in blue this time, Cage. Take notes. Cage is limping, hobbling. What else is happening this month on the Podcast Network? In, what month, in the month is of it? May. <clears throat> so we got a couple new... Oh, uh, WrestleMania 3 Part 3 for Third Time of the We're going to wrap that up. Fourth lap of Too Fast, Too Forever is kicking off. Nice. Now that, now that we have uh, kicked Mike to the curb, <laughs> uh, he's completed his lap, his entire lap. All we pulled over to use the bathroom, and when I got out, they were gone. We were gone, like a thief in the night. Uh, but it's okay, because a Winnebago pulled up, and uh, they seem like nice folks. Winnebago man? <laughs> We've also got a very special episode of Why Aren't We All, Island Addington's side podcast, where she is... The subject and Tobin is interviewing her. I forget what the topic uh, is. They talked about it on the contenders. Little, uh, little switcherooski. Brian will be having his one year anniversary party. Oh, for crazy! Yeah, I, party. I forgot to do anything for my one year anniversary for my show. You Maybe. know, I thought because I think see. I believe on 
with with the monthly shows, I think it's a little bit easier to remember. But I think we might have just said like, "Hey, this is our whatever." What I think is funny, and it's not this. This might sound like I'm making fun of him. I, I'm not. But on both Philip Seymour Hoffman, the PSH show, and also on Foodie Films, because Kyle writes the descriptions, both times he got to episode ten, he's just like double digits, baby. Like, <laughs> like, well, yeah, okay. But I just you know I was thinking because when he sent it for Foodie Films, I was like, "This sounds familiar." And I looked back to PSH. I was like, "Oh yeah, good thing." <laughs> Which, because you know, the other day or a couple of weeks ago, I guess, maybe a month ago, as you're listening to this, when Brian was getting to episode fifty, and he had split up hackers into two episodes, I was like, "Oh, your episode fifty is going to be a part two. He's like, "Is episode fifty a big deal?" I said, "Not well, not really." I said, <laughs> "But you were just talking. You were, you were talking to me, at least me, if not me and Mike, about what you were going to do for your episode fifty or your one year or whatever." And I was just, I guess this is not the celebration, but I think, I don't know if it's spoiling it, maybe it's a teaser, maybe the episode's already out. I don't know. But what he decided is that every year on his anniversary, he's going to do 16 candles. And oh, yeah, yeah, he mentioned that year, to me. Another mm, very cool. Nice. I decided what my, if, when, if I ever, when I, well, if I ever, when I finally shutter my show, the last episode is going to be sort of this, uh, it's going to make it kind of come full circle. It's going to, I'm going to release the Watch the Throne episode one of oh. Children of the Corn 3, Urban Harvest, and then yeah. be like, now go check out Watch the Throne and like take it from there. Ooh. So even though my show came out after we started that, that was it's going to end before it. it starts. Like it's going to be this weird sort of, uh, and sort of time travely, timey wimey uh, situation where it happens before it happened. So here's some. I, I don't. I don't know if I really want to fully, fully spoil Endgame. There's also no. another show on our network, uh, HTML Husband, yes. talking more or less, which on May second, which is the episode that's next coming out as we're recording this, but came out like I think last week as you're listening to this. <laughs> they put out their full Endgame episode. Because yes. when Endgame was coming out, the Thursday of, they did a pre-game where they did a recap of all the movies up to that point. The day after, they put together like a 20-minute, like, we're so excited to talk. Basically what we did in the parking lot of the yeah. movies, but with a little bit more spoilers. And then on May 2nd, they're doing their full, presumably Review. about an hour-long discussion. So if you want to go listen to that episode, go listen to that episode. I feel like it's at the point, you know... Endgame weekend just happened here in the U.S. and all over the world. Endgame made $1.2 billion. When I saw the movie on Thursday night at 10 o'clock, the parking lot was 99% full. Like, I've wow. never seen this parking lot this crowded. Really? Even was it like, like a Saturday when you would come up here? Remember those sometimes? You'd but that's come... different, I think, because that's not for the movie. That's no, the no, mall. but I'm just saying yes. that's for the whole mall. So, yes. like, the traffic for the entire mall is just for that, like, one event. Yes. Yeah. And this, I mean, it's it's the same as, you know, going to see a movie like uh, the Wednesday before Thanksgiving or like uh-huh. around Christmas where like everybody's just like, let's go see a movie. But everyone was seeing Endgame. And it was bananas how crowded it was. But it was great. Anyway, it made $1.2 billion. This episode is coming out, I think, two and a half weeks after Endgame came out. I'm assuming if you're the kind of person who's going to worry about Endgame spoilers, you will have seen Endgame already. Yeah. Because it feels like everybody in the world saw Endgame because it broke literally every box office record. Um, anyway, what I'm trying to say is that if you uh, want to avoid spoilers, pause this, go see Endgame, resume this. I don't know that I want to necessarily fully, fully spoil it, but after the movie ends, so I'm, I'm watching the movie and I go by myself. Okay. To my right, there's two dudes came together and they're talking a little bit, whatever. And the one guy two seats over from me is a little too into it. 
Like, like he is like stomping his feet. Like when Valkyrie shows up, he's just like, <gasps> oh no! And just like, and I'm like, I get it because I said I, I texted Melissa, a friend of the show, Melissa Lyman, who made our Cage Club art. Uh huh. And I was like, because. There was a trailer for Men in Black before. Yeah. And I texted her and I said, did Valkyrie get snapped because I really want to see Valkyrie in this movie? And she's like, I think she's around. Um, yeah, they're, was. they're very coy about which of those uh, yeah. Ragnarok survivors. Korg survived, though. Yeah. Um, and he's wearing uh, Ta- uh, Taika Waikiki's shirt. Yeah. He's wearing the pineapple and shirt. And playing Fortnite. Um, Thank you, Thor. But, but when Valkyrie <laughs> showed up, this kid like lost his mind. I was like, guy... Right, right, right. But, like a handful of times like that. Nudity. Oh, wow. Birdie's nude. Oh, and I was totally wrong about Crispin Glover in this movie. I got this confused with the Sean Penn movie Racing with the Moon because oh, they're yes. also going to Vietnam oh, so in that movie. Oh, so bowling. I am not – this is – I'm not going to get that. Anyway. Oh, I'm sorry. It's fine. I didn't cross – I only did a half cross, so it's okay. not It's not a full cross. All right. So anyway, uh-huh. movie ends. Uh-huh. The kid probably had a couple orgasms during the movie. I'm guessing. I don't know. But he turns to his friend and is just like – Really glad that I watched that spoiler-free review and found out that there was time travel in this movie. I was like, dude, what? if you're this excited, if you're, like, stomping your feet when a character shows up on screen, how are you not trying to go in as purely as you can? Yeah. yeah. I don't understand. I just don't get it. And so he was, like, bummed about it, but he was. I was like, I'm just glad that I didn't hear him. Like, he didn't say that beforehand. Like, oh, you know, I blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I mean, like, I had an idea that... that that's a direction they could have gone, that they might be going. You know, they kind of set it up enough that, like, hey. And I was just thrilled that uh, they went back into as many movies as they did. You know, like, that was what I loved. Like, that they didn't just go back and do one thing, that they were all over the last, you know, decade or whatever, like, messing stuff up. They Back to the Future 2 did. Yeah, which is exactly which I what I, I mean. I... For some, <laughs> well, I'll get into it one day, uh, but I really don't like Back to the Future 2, but I love that idea of the second half of the movie, of going back into the first movie yeah. and fucking around behind the scenes and everything. Like, it reminds me of, you know, Justice for Han, but what they do in Fast 6, where it's like, oh, like, you don't know this, but while you're watching Fast 3, Jason Statham's running around the background, right. like, planning the death of Han and all that kind of thing. And, like, while you're watching Fury 7, you don't know, but I'm in Mr. Nobody's car getting driven around from place <laughs> to place. Um, I think, so, when I saw Back to the Future 2 for the first time, I was like, like, obviously the first one's a classic, but I was like, I think I might like the second one better, because, like, it's, it's cooler, it's like this inventive take on it. I think if you watch the two of them real close together, I think two works really, really well. I think if you mm-hmm. watch them separate... Yeah. It's just like, oh, this feels like a retread. See, yeah. See, that what happened for me is I had to wait because I was a kid and, you know, I had to wait for yeah. it to come out in theaters. And I just remember being so disappointed that we're spending, what, like 15, 20 minutes in the future? I was like, that's it? I was like, I thought the whole movie we're going to see. The, like, where's the rest of the future? Like, what is this? We're going back. And, and so, like, as a kid, I hated it. I really hated it. And as an adult, I came around to the second half where I really do. And I'm not talking about, like, the tangent timeline stuff. Like, I don't even like the dark universe. I like when they go back to the 50s and he's running around, like, dodging his himself and stuff. And that's exactly, you know... What they did, they took the best part of that movie and they made it a whole hour of of Endgame. Which was very cool. I think it was very cool. I think, like, when Tilder showed up, I was like, oh, Oh, shit. my God, I lost my mind. Like, so many times, like, I was just like, 
oh my god, they're doing it. I can't believe they're doing this. Like, they're really doing it. Like, the ball's on them for doing this. Yeah. Oh, they're in New Jersey. Oh, cool. Oh, that's, um... Uh, yeah, see, that's what happens with the uh, Ultra HD player, with the DVDs. They keep flipping. I think that guy was on Seinfeld. Anyway. So my favorite line. I don't know if you know my favorite line. Um, do you know my favorite line? What of uh, Endgame? Um, it was a line that I think I would have I would have enjoyed that anyway. But it was a line that especially is it uh, Die Hard? No, that that series doesn't have time travel in it. <laughs> that was one of um, my favorite parts. No, it wasn't that. that. Was line, it was but... this was a line that because of the way of what HTML the show focused on, it really just hit home for me. Uh, at the end. When I don't remember who it was, I might, I might see the movie again on Thursday. But they're like, "How is she gonna bring the gauntlet to the time machine?" And I think Captain Marvel says she has help, and it's just like twelve. Uh-huh. Uh, women. All and of just them. Like, Fuck yes! Like it's Valkyrie and Pepper as whatever the character is, and uh, you know Wasp and uh, Captain Marvel and right the Wakanda women. Sh- yeah, Shuri and Okoye, and like it's just like it, they're so like because. The movie, you know, we, we if you listen to Nico and Kevo on HTML... Black Widow. Oh, wait, sorry. The first four movies, I think, have three named characters, three named yeah. female characters. Yeah, And obviously they got better, but it didn't take... It took until Ant-Man and the Wasp to have a female character in the title. Right, in a suit running around, really. Well, I, yeah, in the title, right, yeah. But the fact that there were so many of them, like, the, the camera kept panning out. Yeah, and, and they, they kept, kept adding ones. They kept framing up. so cool. Uh, but I mean, like that—that that whole battle, like that's the kind of thing. That's the kind of thing yeah. where I, when, you know, when I get the Blu-ray or whatever, the 4K disc, and I want to put it on, like the battle's gonna that. be cool. But I also feel like the battle is so cool because there's so much movie leading up to it yeah. that when it finally hits, you're like, yes. But that's not just it. Like it's a culmination of not just of the whole movie, movies, but of all the movies. movies. Yeah. Because like I even shouted like the Ravagers. I was like, holy shit! Like everybody. Showed up like is insane. Oh, I love you know. Oh yeah, beach. I mean, I, I just it's it's so cool. It's so cool. Like when just the Hulk when see, is great because like they, <laughs> you know that like you know that they're gonna win. Like what I didn't like, I don't like Infinity War. Like I think Infinity War has really cool parts. I don't like Infinity. I don't think it's a good movie. Okay, because I think so much of it is like, well, we need to they need to lose because they're gonna win, right? So. Infinity War is so much of just the... I, I don't know how to describe it. It's just like... It's setting it's, up... It's kind of futile. Like, right? Yeah, I could get, I get that. And so just frustrating. So you know in Endgame... They're, unless like Mar- the MCU became... Well, actually, no. You know that they're going to win because like Spider-Man Far From Home is coming out. You know what I mean? Like, like Thanos can't win yeah. because... But you just don't know how. Like right. it's, it's... So you, you oh. know... Ooh... Yeah, I mean, there's even, you know, I think about that, like, you know, instead of the who done it, there's the how'd they do it kind of thing, where it's right. like a mystery where you find out, like, right at the top, like, what happened, but then it's like, well, how did this happen, or how do we undo it, or something like that, and that can be way more interesting sometimes, sort of knowing the end, you know, but, like, how do we get to that ending, and- as opposed to trying to guess, you know, who did it or whatever. But. What was so cool was that, like, they they seem imag- unimaginably overwhelmed, un- out- outnumbered, outgunned, outmanned. <clears throat> and then the Doctor Strange... Yeah, the portals. Spinny, spinny yellow circles <laughs> show up. 
and then just people like was everyone it, is a movie. Daytime upstairs train is that what the Nico said? Yes, <laughs> the daytime upstairs train. Um, That's a shirt. But it's it's just everyone's coming through, and it's like all of Wakanda ready to fight, and all the Ravagers, and then Spider Man comes mm-hmm. in, and just like, and every time like people are like losing their mind in the theaters, and it's just so cool to see. Mm-hmm. Like, because you have such a history with all these characters, right? Like, you have such a history yeah. with Wakanda. Or you have such a history with Peter Parker, even though he's only been in, like, one and a half movies. To see him come in there and to see him go to Tony and just be like, hey, like, you know, we, we just were all of a sudden we're gone. And then Dr. Strange was like, hey, he needs our help and we're back now. And just like, whatever. <laughs> and just, like, seeing the emotion in Tony's face and everything. It's just, like, it's just so... Instant kill. It's the culmination of it. It's just, like, exactly what you're saying. It's just so wonderful. Yeah. And I, I don't know if this is necessarily a good movie on its own. I think it could be a lot, lot shorter. Mm-hmm. I think that there's a lot of jokes because it needs to be funny because it's otherwise really sort of a serious topic, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they needed to really, you know, cut that a little bit with some humor, right? I think Hulk helped a great deal, just his positive attitude in general. It's just throughout. <laughs> I do wonder, though, and I guess I, I know that that's the joke, but when they're at breakfast with Ant-Man and Cap and Widow, like, yeah. obviously Ant-Man's not out because he's been away for five years, but, like, Cap and Widow. Like, how are you – how but, are the kids not – Oh, I know. It's just – well, yeah, I guess they're not as recognizable, plus they're not exactly good guys, right? Like, I don't know. But also, I just like how Ant-Man is out of the loop entirely so that when Thor is explaining the dark world, he's the only one who's, like, super interested. <laughs> they cut to him and he's like, oh, my God, this is this is incredible. And it's like, well – yeah, you didn't see it, Scott. Like, we had to sit through it. Oh, there we go. Um, if Cage wears a hat, I win. He could have already worn his military cap at the beginning, but I didn't catch it. So I'm not going to knock it if off. If there's been a red sports car, <laughs> I could conceivably win. Conceivably. Cage looks furious at Birdie. Yeah, because Birdie isn't making out with his girl, and it stopped Cage from being able to make out with his girl. Birdie's the dud. It's like, Birdie... Oh, my Wait, God. You just, said, you just heard him say, he just said what? Oh, that's his line from the end of the movie. Just another hour it's and his catchphrase. Yep. Um... I think it's something like, you know, Birdie, like, I'm I'm checking out your life, right? Like, I'm going with you collecting birds and dressing up like a bird man and all that. Like, I'm trying to show you how to get laid. Like, why aren't you – it's like a give – you know, it's like try and participate. I'm trying. All I'm thinking about is feathers. Which is weird because Birdie, like, you know, at that time – it was not uncommon for someone to refer to a, a woman as a bird, right? A girl like, hey, check out that bird, or, you know, hey, bird, or whatever. So, like, birdie, come on. Oh, Cage going on his... You know, I, going I on his titty twister kind of thing. He's like, just like Cheech. He's like big ones, little ones. What, from Dustle Dawn? Yeah. You know, I, I we never. I, I think we were both surprised when I saw that it was New Jersey. But I guess with the shore and the boardwalk there, like it makes sense. Oh New yeah, Jersey, right? I guess like, you're right. So I, don't know I guess it could I, also be California. It could that's also what be, I thought it was. It could be like you know Coney Island or something. But but what is that supposed to, to be? Is that supposed to be seaside? I have no idea. I don't really know the beaches. I don't know the shores. I'm just from New Jersey. I don't know. 
No, but I'm kind of like that too. I don't really know. But that's also the same kind of thing. Like, say, well, oh, what exit are you? It's like, well, I don't use that highway. That's not my highway. <laughs> it's not your parkway. I'm 21 off 287. If that helps, that gives you a very spit listener. That gives you a very specific <laughs> yeah, that, idea. Actually, that, I, I'm that's beep. where I used to live. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not there anymore. I live um, at beep beep. Oh wait, are they in jail? Oh yeah. I'm not going to win that way because he's not top build, but. No, he's he's co he's co builder. You know, I know they were co co build, but if he was on the left, I would give it to you. But on the right, I can't. No, second build's fine. He looks like such a boy there. Yeah, because they're only supposed to be like seventeen, eighteen, right? I mean, he he was also while making this movie nineteen or twenty. You know what I mean? So yeah. Hmm. I always forget, like, maybe because I'm never in them, but what, when I jail? watch... Yeah, like, jail and institutions, how much tile is everywhere? Like, everything is Tile's wall big business, wall. man. Do you think that's because of the potential for, like... Vomit and Clean up? Yeah. Absolutely. That kind of thing. Ooh, oh, Cage just got hit. Cage slapped in the face. So, Avengers actual... They were estimating 350. made 357, 115. Crazy, man. It's crazy. crazy. It's the number one movie worldwide so, this year. It's funny because when uh, tickets went on sale, I bought like eight tickets for like three different shows just because I scrambled and then I ended up returning all of them <laughs> like by Thursday. You know, I was like, I'll wait and just make sure I not need this last showing. Okay, I don't. Um, and then, oh, I still have to pay back Kyle for the tickets. So this movie came out December 21st, 1984. This is a really Ooh, Merry Christmas. Christmas movie. Oh, boy. Made 1.455 million its opening weekend, or t- t- total, I'm sorry, total. <laughs> opening weekend only showed in one theater. Ouch. This only played, so the first two weeks in 84 played in one theater. Oh, Cage Drove, so if, I don't know if you have Cage Driving. They had that car? That I scene. don't. Okay. It wasn't a red sports car, was it? No, sorry. And then it was in three theaters in 85, but this was not a widespread... So here, opening weekend, made hmm. $13,000. Well, you know what it feels like? It opened in last place. Yikes. Well, it feels like now what would be in terms of uh, independent cinema kind of stuff, like independent film. Like, it really feels too small for the box office, even back then. Like, I don't know who's going to see Birdie, really. Like, it just, I don't know the demographic. So here's, uh, we'll play a game. And this is very difficult because years are blurry, but there are... 19 other movies that made more money wow. the weekend this came out. It was in one theater made $13,000. How many movies can you name? And here's <laughs> here's a hint. We have covered two... Rocky Four. No. <laughs> I always we've, just... We've covered know. two for podcasts on the network. Superman 3? No, that was 83, I think. Oh, yeah, I think I'm, I'm way off... Oh, I don't. Oh, we're, we're gonna do this. I'm gonna, uh, yeah, hmm. eighty-four. So okay. So here's, I don't know. So I'm gonna, there's ones I don't know. So I'm gonna say the, going from the bottom up. The river. I don't know what that is. Never A passage to India. I don't know. I, I don't know that. The one above that is very closely related to the one you just guessed. It's closely related to Superman. Yes, very closely related. S- very Superman. Not not that closely. <laughs> Three. 
No, very close. Really, you, you guessed your man three. Superman, Supergirl, Supergirl, number yeah, seventeen. Wow, number sixteen. Helen Slater, number sixteen in its twenty ninth week. Wow, still e. sticking around. No, but Jackson. similar. Hmm. Similar is not a really a Back good, to the Future. No, that still, that hasn't come out yet. Um. Made its to, to total gross, I guess to date is Ghostbusters twenty million. Ghostbusters number sixteen. Wow. Number fifteen, Falling in Love. Don't never, know what that is. Don't know that. Number fourteen is the first in one of the biggest action franchises of all time, where everyone agrees the second one is the best one. Rambo. No, bigger <laughs> than that. Alien. Aliens. Bigger is, than is, that. is Aliens the movie? Oh, okay. Um, Aliens is eighty six, I think. Yeah, but big. Bigger franchise than Alien, I would say. And it's the first one? It's the first one. The second one's the best one. Wow. And Real Bad just covered the most recent one. Really? Mm-hmm. That's a lot of guesses. That's a, a lot new, of clues. There's a new one coming out this summer. Child's Play? Nope. No, the second one is not the best one. <laughs> the first one probably, or Bride of Child. The second one, people say, is the best action movie of all time. Oh, Terminator. Yep. Okay. Number 13, sense. I want to say, was either written... Number 13 was covered by How Did This Get Made, starring Tom Selleck. You know what this reminds me of? That Soderbergh movie where the kid was in the hotel during the Depression and he had the friend with the birds. Oh, God. What was that quote from that movie? Do you remember? <laughs> no. But it was the Spalding Gray guy was in there. Yeah, it was King of the Hill, which I really, really liked that movie. Yeah, Hold King on. of the Hill. And it's your, oh, who was that guy? Um, Adrian Brody. Right. Never bro- better Adrian Brody. Hold on. I want to find... Sorry to have... So we'll get back Taking to the off we got, track we got, there. We got nothing, uh, nothing but time. Oh, I think it's something along the lines of, it's a real sweet dish, but he's talking about a bird. <laughs> yes, that's Hold right. On. Whoa, there's his Da Vinci wings. Here's a pretty sexy looking dish. It says yes. the boy about, about a bird. About a little bird. Cliff Martinez scored that movie. Okay. Number 13 is a movie that How This Get Made covered... Starring Tom Selleck. Runaway? Runaway. <laughs> well, we should have said, it's not just starring Tom Selleck. Isn't um, the guy from Kiss in that movie, too? What's his oh, Gene Simmons, Gene yeah. Gene Simmons. Mm-hmm. But I think Real Bad might have covered that, too, possibly. No, they did Kiss means the Phantom of the Park. Yeah. And then he was also in that, like, Trick or Treat or something. Number 12 is a movie I don't know, The Flamingo Kid. Oh, I've seen that. That's Patrick Dempsey, right? Okay. Um, number 11, I don't know, Nikki and Maud. Mickey and Maud. Mickey and Maud. It sounds familiar. Number 10 is a sequel where the after the colon is the funniest after the colon of a sequel ever. Um, the people use it as a joke for... Oh, Breaking 2, Electric, Electric Boogaloo. Boogaloo. Yep. Number 9 is the movie that we did for Cinemakers. 84. So you think about... Oh, so it's a Heckerling movie? Mm-hmm. Johnny Dangerous? Johnny thing? Dangerous, number nine. Number eight, a Cage Club movie. Um, that that was out around the time of Birdie? It's the second week. Yeah, I guess we did it right before. Ooh, what were we doing before Birdie? Jeez Louise. My uh, my chronology is so off Here's when a it hint. comes to I don't age. know if it's going to help... Uh, I had to buy the DVD of a, it was a four movie pack for one actor for the star because it, they didn't sell the movie individually or it was very expensive. What? 
you had to buy a four movie pack to watch four the movie one cage. Pack. Oh god. Okay, so Cotton Club. Yep. Oh jeez. Number seven is a movie I don't know. Let me see if I can get you to guess it. It's starring. Oh, Nancy. It's a Nancy Myers movie starring Goldie Hawn. Overboard. Nope. No. It looks like she's a she's a gym teacher. Oh, Wildcats. Protocol. Protocol. Huh. Number six is a movie that I, I wish I could get you to guess, but I don't know. It's a John Carpenter movie starring okay. Jeff Bridges. Sci-fi, maybe? Wait. Oh, Starman. Yep. Love Starman. Yeah. Number five is a reissue of Pinocchio. Oh. Number four is a sequel to, I guess, a movie that people would say is the best science fiction movie of all time, but they're not, they're not really... Oh, 2010? Yep. The Year We Make Contact. Number three. It's not bad. It's not, you know, it's no successor to 2001, but it's really not bad. Roy Schreider. Number three is Stars. It's a Clint Eastwood movie. He might have directed it. I don't think he did. Is it one of the Dirty Harrys? Nope. It's him and Burt Reynolds. Him and Burt Reynolds. What movie was that? I don't know that movie. I think this is Burt Reynolds. Yeah. City Heat. Yeah, I never heard of that one. Wow, I've heard of a lot, but... Number two is a movie that's being remade... It's coming out either next year or the year after, and I am very excited for it. Really? Number two. It's a big remake? It's a sci-fi movie that people think is a bomb. It's being remade. Oh, Dune? Dune. Oh, I can't wait. Oh, that's going to be great. And the number one movie, it's the first in a franchise. Uh, Okay. How can I I give this to you without... Uh, Jerry Bruckheimer produced it. Okay. Martin Brest. It's not Die Hard, is it? No, Martin yeah, Brest okay. directed it. Martin Brest. B-R-E-S-T. What year Eight, was Die Hard? 80, this is 84. This came out December 5th, 84. Uh, Beverly, uh, I just said the name. Oh, Beverly, Beverly Hills. Hills Cop made $234 million and opened number one. Do you know that was originally written for Stallone? I've never seen it. Yeah. Oh, you haven't? It's pretty good. I think I might like the second... Uh, do I? I might like the second one more. There's a third. Oh, nice cut. Cut on feet. Transition. And I just want to see what, what came out the next weekend. So... So that was Christmas weekend, and then the week after, there's nothing new came out, only Mrs. Soffel, whatever that is. So it's funny how you said that he's wearing, like, that Pokeball patch on his arm there, and, like, I've never really been into Pokemon. My nephew's sort of into it a little bit, but, like, how good does that movie look? <laughs> how crazy. I only saw the first trailer, but, I mean, like, I've... I've so I've, have I. Like, that's all I've seen, but I was like, damn. I was pretty shocked. I was like, I did not have any... It was not anywhere on my radar, and now I'm like, hey, nephew, want me to take you to see this Pokemon movie? Damn, Cage, is that an extreme facial expression or what? If we get a red sports car... Oh, this guy. This guy's been in tons of stuff. I'm still waiting for Cage to put on a hat. I even think this guy's been in other Cage stuff. Well, here, what trivia is there about this on IMDb? Then-unknown Danny Glover was scheduled to make a speech as a bit player, but because he kept botching his lines, his scenes had to be cut. Bummer. Cage had two teeth removed without anesthetic for the role. Ooh, ow. Why not have the anesthetic, man? Birdie's real name was never revealed. It's never revealed in the original novel, either. I will just say, you know, anesthetic hurts less than getting the tooth pulled, so why not just do it? (laughs) And I guess, you know, deal with uh, trying to put himself in a situation, I guess. I guess. 
First use of the Skycam in a feature film. What's a Skycam? Camera held by wire suspended. Uh, oh, like by a football? Screens, controlled by a computer. was used mm. in Bernie's dream sequence of avail- actually being able to fly. Oh, the score was composed by Peter Gabriel. Oh, how about that? Composed and recorded in one weekend. Mr. Partly recycled music from his third and fourth solo albums. Hmm. Because of time constraints. Interesting. In the novel, they served in World War II. Changed to Vietnam for this. Oh. You know, that might... That might work better, I think. Matthew Modine auditioned for the role of Al, but was cast as Birdie instead. Because I feel like them as kids, they feel more like they're living in the 40s than the 50s or 60s. Right. Okay. It doesn't really have a great... Like, it has a, a sense of time in that it's not modern, but mm-hmm. it feels older than it is. I would agree with that. Uh, I know that we're going to fast forward through the credits, but birds who acted in the film had their own bird billing section in the movie's closing cre- closing credits. Oh, good for them. One of seven movie collaborations between producer Alan Marshall and director Alan Parker. Hmm. Birdie, Fame, Angel Heart, Bugsy Malone, Midnight Express, Shoot the Moon, and Pink Floyd, The Wall. Midnight Express. Have you ever seen that movie? Mm. It's messed up. The film was made and released about six years after the novel of the same name. Selected to screen in competition at the Cannes Film Festival. Hey. Where it was nominated for the prestigious Palme d'Or. But won the prestigious Grand Prize of the Jury Award. Hey. That's cool. A bird called Alfonso portrayed himself, whilst a bird called Seagull played a bird named Jonathan. Wow. Moreover, a bird called Monty played a bird called Snake, while a bird called Horatio portrayed <laughs> Jungle Bird. <laughs> Horatio. I just think of Raj now from uh, every time I hear that name (laughs) from Comedy Bang Bang. The film's title logo, as seen in the movie's trailer, formed the letter Y out of an image of a bird. Cool. Okay. One of three... Okay, here's here's a question for you. One of three Vietnam War movies released in the 80s starring Matthew Modine. What are the other two? One of three non-movie stars... Oh, one was uh, definitely Full Metal Jacket. Uh Uh-huh. And a movie that I've never heard of. That was the other one. It's from 83, so it was before this. Oh, man, really? I don't know that I know Streamers? It. No, i never heard of streamers. Huh. The other one that comes to mind, I think it's Nam, is Casualty of War, but that's with Michael J. Fox and Sean Penn. Hmm. That was a big 80s one, I feel. Queepers was a stunt bird who doubled for the bird Perda, who was portrayed by bird number nine. Jesus. Eighty-four pigeons, I think, were featured in this movie. Is that it? It looks like there's more. You just use the same ones. Hmm. I honestly have no idea. No, I'm not. I'm not. Those are more just I'm not hypothetical questions. Facts. I'm not asking for answers, really. I'm we just trying really to get out bird club questions in my head. That's just the impression that I get. Do 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 Man, Birdie is not back yet. He's not even close, really. You know what I mean? He's still struggling. He's, you know... How old do you think he is? He's got to be older than Cage, right? Modine? Yeah. Today? I mean, ever. Oh. It's not like they... I think, like... Today, he's probably like 56, 7. I think he's like 2. Yeah, I think he's older. He's 5 years older. Oh, wow. I so wasn't going to say 30, uh, 60, huh? He's 
60 this year. He turned 60 a month ago. He looks March. pretty great for 60. I've seen, I mean, not there, obviously. He's like a teenager, yeah. but yeah. He honestly looks better at 60 than he does in this movie. He looks kind of like that my he's friend dressed Rick. Down for this, but, hmm. um, stop bragging about your handsome friend Rick. <laughs> you think he's handsome? I, just I think, I mean, Matthew Modine is a handsome dude. Yeah, yeah, I guess he is, yeah. Um, I don't know. So he would have been 24, 25 when this movie was made, so I guess that makes sense. But I guess they're supposed to be playing the same age. I think so. If anything, I would just assume that uh, Al was the older character, kind of looking after the younger after the younger guy. But I think he's just sort of looking out, looking yeah. out, looking after the outsider, if you will. Yep. Right. So. Oof. Go to cageclub.me/newsletter. Sign up for our weekly or monthly newsletter. It's free. We actually got somebody to sign up. Like, I don't promote the newsletter because. I'm not good at things. But we had somebody sign up for today. Like, the first time oh, in a cool. long time somebody signed up for it, I was like, okay. So that means that somebody went to our site, mm-hmm. clicked around, saw right. the newsletter, and signed up. That's great. That makes me feel good. Actually, it does. Oh, we've, cool. We've got so many emails to read on our Relap Recap episode for Too Fast, Too Forever. Like, we have, like, seven emails. Oh, jeez. They're all about me, right? <laughs> oh, of course, without a doubt. Like, uh, I'm done listening unless you bring Mike back. So what we're going to do, this is a little bit of a, uh, this is me explaining to Mike, but also you as a listener are going to hear this because I want you to listen to this episode. So starting the last lap, so on Too Fast, Too Forever, our Fast and Furious podcast, we break the show down into laps. And a lap is a themed lap where we watch all eight movies or when Hobbs and Shaw comes out, all nine movies mm-hmm. or whatever. First lap was just me and Joe doing it. Second lap was we had guests on, which was the family lap, building mm-hmm. the family lap. Third lap, we had Mike on every episode. He was the ride-along lap. This upcoming lap that is now in process underway is the oh. uh, walk-down-memory-chain lap. All right. So starting with lap three, before Mike came on, we did an episode called You Are My Lifespan Chapter One. <laughs> Because back on the days of Zack Attack, we found a... This is such a complicated narrative. The High School Musical movies, there's three of them. One of the characters, the character played by Ashley Tisdale, Sharpay Evans, had her own spin-off movie, Sharpay's Fabulous Adventure. Okay. Where she moves to New York, goes on Broadway. Okay. We were playing the Google autocomplete game with guest Liam Underwood. We see Sharpay's Fabulous Adventure 2. We're like, huh, fascinating. Let's do this movie. Find out it's not a movie. It is fan fiction. Ah. Joe and I do an episode about that. Uh, graphic at the end, in good ways, uh, but it's about how Zac Efron and actually Tisdale's characters... Uh, Slash fic. <laughs> so, Joe and I have a, a storied history, if you will, with fan fiction, reading them on podcasts. So Joe was going on fanfiction.net, found this story called You Are My Life Sand, which is the story of Ellie Toretto, Dominic's fictional wow. sister... Growing up and falling in love with a bunch of different dudes. And so each lap we're doing one episode. Or one chapter. I'm sorry. One episode about one chapter. And there are something like 30 or 40 chapters. So this oh is going to take God. 10 years to do. That's crazy. That's a long way of saying that on the last episode, the last lap, whenever it was, Joe and I talked to Mike and we said that he's going to be a voice on <laughs> my lifespan. So the way that we're going to record it, and now this episode is out, I believe, yesterday, or two oh, days wow. ago, if you listen to this. 
Joe and I are going to do the entire episode, our entire chapter ourselves. Then we're going to send you the script. Oh, good. And have you record your lines, <laughs> send them to me, and then I'm going to put it in there. Got um, it. So, sounds good. I don't know what character you're going to play yet. I think we're going to decide as we read it. We're in school. If you got school, I do not have school. Uh-huh. But go check out Too Fast Too Forever. It's a lot of fun. I think. So last week was our lab recap, summing up lap three. This week was our. You are my lifespan, chapter two, and then next episode, kicking off lap four with the Fast and Furious from 2001 with guest Michael DeManico. Oh, nice. Of Not Her Again, the podcast covering originally Meryl Streep, then Julia Roberts, and then Walt told us the third one. I don't remember who it is, though. Oh, it was somebody older. I can't remember. Audrey Hepburn? Yes. Very good. Birdie's dead works at the school. He's just credited as Mr. Columbato. Oh, that's Al's dad. Oh, well, I mean, yeah. I, I don't know if this is Birdie's dad or if this is Al's dad, but Al's dad is just credited as Mr. Columbato. I don't remember any of this happening the first time I watched it. You have to keep in mind that this was in week three. This was We watched this in August 2015. This is almost four years oh, ago now. Uh, we were in the... We had seen 71 or 77... Or no, either 65 or 71. I don't remember what it was exactly. More Cage movies in the next six months after this. <laughs> let alone all the other movies that we watched. And, you know, four years ago... I've only seen this movie the one time. A little, I've, I've watched at least a thousand movies since. Like, that's not even a... You probably have two. Oh, yeah. Like, that's not even... I mean, that's kind of sick, but... This is actually the first movie that I've seen since Endgame, so this is a... Oh, really? Okay. I, I snapped my streak. Nice. Ooh. I snapped it. So, my one friend asked me, uh, again, about Endgame. Spoilers, yeah. but I mean, we told you to stop. Um, not really a spoiler, but he's like, do you think they said the word shit a lot? And I was like, kind of, I kind of thought they did. But they say shit a lot, and I, I thought at one point that Tony was going to say fuck. Like there was, oh, I don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember I don't if it was know. right before the big moment or if it was before whatever. But I was like, "Is he gonna cur- Like, is he gonna really?" I'm fucking Iron Man. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I don't know, but uh, yeah, I remember just thinking, like, "Wow, Cap is like, he's come a long way since language." language. Like, you know, that is America's ass. <laughs> but yeah, it's funny. Like, I literally have just like one, and it's not one nitpick. And it's not even, like, a big one either. It's just kind of a funny afterthought kind of thing. Um, And it's like, you know, some people now in the universe, and especially on planet Earth, like, say say the snap happened, okay? I disappeared, and you were there. You you stuck around. Five years later, I'm coming back. You're five years older than me. Or you're five years older. I'm not. So I'll still be 40, right? But you'll be four, you'll be five years older. Yep. So like that's what's happening now in the Marvel universe is that you have people on Earth yep. born the same year that's five years older than that person. Well, that's the weird thing because like Ant Man's daughter, Cassie. Yeah, she's five years older than Peter Parker or whatever. She's like as old as Peter Parker yep. now, which is convenient, you know, because Ant Man. New Ant Man can team up with Spider Man. Shirtless, working out. But although they they are, it's an East Coast West Coast battle. I mean, who knows if they're ever gonna work, <laughs> to work together? Well, but 
the other thing to keep in mind is that you know the they they all wanted to make sure that they brought everybody back because yeah. they couldn't deal with the loss. Yeah. But you think about, say, uh, you know, married couple, mm-hmm. wife gets snapped. Mm-hmm. In those five years, the husband dies. She comes back to now nobody. Right. Or. Wife gets snapped. Husband meets somebody new. I mean, I understand that. Like the the story that they put out is that like everyone is grieving, right? Yeah. But he meets someone new. He gets married. Wife comes back. Right. Well, here's another one. Okay, so Thanos' whole idea was I'm going to snap, and half the people are going to be gone, and that's going to be great. What if the pilot disappears in an airplane, and the survivors in the are in the plane? There's no pilot, and that plane crashes. I heard them talking about that on something. Like recently. those are unintentional. That's collateral. And they're just dead. Death. Dead. They're not. Yeah, and they're snapped. not coming back. So, look, it, I don't care because it's a comic it's a book movie. It's a movie, but it's just like those are literally the – oh, whoa, Snake vs. Bird. Birdie. That's literally like the only thing I thought about walking out of there. I was like, wow, some people are like five years older than other people right now or whatever. Like uh, Peter Parker's class – I'm sure Ned – I think Ned got snapped, but I'm not sure. No, you I don't think, know. I think they, I mentioned it I think on HTML last week. I don't remember but or I read it somewhere else, but I, I'm pretty sure – like, all of Peter's friends got snapped. So, like, they're all just still high schoolers. Right. That's convenient. That's cool. Yeah, so MJ and everybody. But that's yeah. the thing. Like, do all these new movies take place in 2023 now? Yeah, they have to. See, the only other thing to have oh, done... hold on. We're going to get to La Bamba real soon. I oh, think yeah, La Bamba's yeah, yeah. right here. Okay. And we heard some Richie Valens earlier, too, when they're at the boardwalk, but... Um, I mean, uh, the other thing to do in terms of a time travel thing is to go back in time... But then they still all live with the guilt. I don't know. Well, the like, only other thing I was thinking is if Tony snapped his fingers, that when Tony snapped his fingers, he sort of reset those five years. You know what I'm saying? Like, if that that could have been cool if they clarified, like, oh, like, not only is everyone back, but it's five years ago. La Bamba. <laughs> Real dump that they're filming in, too. They're about to fall into real garbage. They're flying through. Oh, boy. It's amazing how well it works. This also reminds me of Brazil a little bit. Oh, yuck. The movie Brazil? Isn't there somebody with wings? Oh, yeah, his dream when he's like the angel guy. Yeah. My other friend was talking, uh, you know, the friend asked me about if they said shit a lot. Um... He said he thought it was very silly. And I, I I agree with this because I thought about this the same thing too. I thought about this in Infinity War that everything in this in these movies are happening in the Infinity Gauntlet with a snap. Yeah. Because Gamora brings up the first time she's like he could wipe out half the civilization with a snap of the fingers, like like a saying, like oh it's like as easy as one two three and he just snaps. But then everything that happens is a snap. Like is that the only thing you can do with a gauntlet? Mm, that's a good. I mean, I guess you could. You can't clap with it. I don't know how else you would. What else you would do? I think there needs to be some kind of. You can make a fist and gesture. Yeah, I guess you could slam it on the table as a fist. But it there needs. To, like what other kind of gesture can you really make with your hand? With one hand, he kill all of humanity just by flipping off the world. Right, right. This was shot in Philadelphia in Wildwood, so maybe it was Wildwood before. Okay. Uh, Philadelphia, Santa Clara, California, Philadelphia, California, Pennsylvania, uh, Philadelphia, Philadelphia blah, 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 blah. San Jose, Hercules, California, Milpitas, California, Modesto, California, hmm. Vietnam scenes in Modesto, California.
shit, every time we're back in the this room, it like it hits Just me slow like a down. Oh. Cage freaking out. Wow. Cage cries, if you have that. I don't think so. I think that's no. a square. I just need him to, yeah, I just need him to wear a hat in this movie and I'm good. Mm. Do you think Cage is afraid to have his bandages come off? Like, is he hiding in there for a reason? I don't know if it's that or if it's uh, necessary. Like, he needs them because he's not done healing yet. I'm not sure. Yeah, it is kind of weird. But he's real chill now, telling him this info. I think it's just about telling him stories on his terms, maybe. It could be. This movie was directed by Alan Parker. I read all those movies before. Let's just see what else he directed. 23 oh, Things. Really? Oh. Is he still alive or did he die? No, he's still alive. He just stopped directing. Okay. He directed a Madonna, another suitcase in another hall, another Madonna thing, another Madonna thing. Mississippi Burning. Oh, okay. I've seen that. I've seen before, like Fame and Midnight Express and Bugsy Malone. Believe it or not, Birdie, not in his top four. <laughs> I'm hard to believe. What about Modine's? Is it in his top five? What, what, what do you think Matthew Modine's are? Probably well, Dark Knight Rises. Well, Full Metal Jacket. Is... I would bet the Dark Knight Rises, just because I feel like anybody who's in those mm-hmm. is... Uh, so Full Metal Jacket's number one. Dark Knight Rises is number two. Birdie? Nope. There's a movie from two years ago, and there's a movie from 93. Really? A movie the movie from... from two years ago they're making a sequel to. What the hell? Which was a movie that I did not like, which I don't even remember he was in. And then the movie from 93 is a movie with, like, 50 actors. Oh, I know the one you're talking about from a few years ago, because I remember, I think I saw it, and I was like, Matthew Modine? It's a shark movie. Oh, yeah, that's the one that... The, the, the Fathoms was. 47, 47 meters, down. meters down. That one, yeah. Maybe the sequels to that. He played Captain Taylor. That's right. Captain Modine. And, and the then what's the one that, Starring like 50 actors. In a movie directed by a guy who always does that kind of thing, where he does like, I got uh, 50 actors in my movie. Oh. Was it like Altman? or uh-huh. Robert Altman? 93. The Player? Nope. That was 91, maybe? I, I have no idea. I don't know. Which in... Shortcuts. I still haven't seen Shortcuts. Damn. I know one thing about it, but to not sound like Kyle, I'm not going to say what I know about it. <laughs> You're not going to sp- spoil it? I'm not going to talk about, uh, no, I'm not going to talk about the nudity that I know that exists in that movie. Oh, there's a lot of it? Well, there's at least one specific actress who gets naked. Oh, okay. I think it's sort of notorious. Oh. I'm not sure. Okay, who is it? Julianne Moore is wearing a shirt and no pants. She's always... I feel like she's naked and everything. She is, but she's just... (laughs) 
It might have been the first time. I don't know. No, I don't it's know. famous oh, yeah, for some yeah. reason. Boogie Nights, I remember I was like, okay, I don't know this actress, but she's fearless. Katie and Bray have the same haircut. Look at that. Now they, oh, look at that. They're, yeah, their hair. they're matching each other now. More and more. Both have prominent noses. They're very similar. They could be related. Can Cage put that guy's hat on real quick so I can win this? He can't cover up that beautiful hair. It is. It's peacocking. God, I wish my hair was like that. <laughs> I don't, but I do. I always love, and I don't think, I think that the door was just kind of open there, but I love when people, generally in movies, because I don't think people do it in real life, open a car door from the outside handle. Yeah, you like, like reach I outside? Just, I think he just like pushed that open. Like I think it was already open. He was just holding it shut maybe. But This guy's amazing. He's like straight out of a Warner Brothers cartoon. He's like the fat dog catcher with the net. Look at that. That's crazy. Oh, I think we might talk. I remember talking about this now. That's hilarious. Birdie's going to net the dog catcher, right? Or something. Aww. The, the other the thing to keep in mind is that when we did this... Uh, are you still listening? Email mailbag at cageclub.net. I don't think you are. I think we're probably talking into the void. But when we did our original run of Cage Club, <laughs> I always forget about this, but we wrote our written reviews for email. Oh my gosh, that's, that's right. That was when your... That's why I said Q La Bamba earlier, because that was the name of your... Yeah. You. Here it is again. Finally got a handle on those reviews by the end. I was like, the first few were just like, I was like, what well, just, am I, I doing? I just recap for a while. I'm like, this isn't fun to anybody. But what was also weird is that like I felt like we were saying the same thing in both, but they were for different mediums. Like, I don't know. It was, it was strange. It was weird. I eventually got mine down to like, you know, very short. What I can tell you, kind of thing going on. <laughs> if you look at uh, the Google Analytics for our site traffic, okay, by far the most popular reviews. Mine, it's like if you go by all like entire history of our traffic for the site, in the top fifty, there's like two reviews. Like mine's like number twenty five, yours like number forty, something like that. Zondali. people <laughs> are just searching for this movie about Cage having sex or like the the Skinamax or whatever. Yeah. But Him and Judd Nelson, Judd Reinhold. I don't know if it's because my title is like Xanadu with way more sex or something. I don't know what it is people are searching for, but people, like, far and away, the most popular reviews are just about the sexy movie. <laughs> maybe they're looking for screenshots, maybe they're looking for actual nudity. I don't know. I don't but, know. Or just any information on it whatsoever, because there's hardly any Chinese information on it. Import. Exactly. It's like you can't even get, like, a clean American copy of that movie. Cage is slapping this car. The guy looks a little like Clint Howard. It'd be a great Clint Howard cameo right Who's now. Clint Howard? Ron Howard's brother. Oh. He's like... Oh, God. Oh, that. Oh, no. I don't like that. No, no. Like he, he was just doing... The, like That's a dog he's, he's working on right there. I oh, think. I thought they were all horse-related. No, I think they're dead dogs. I think it's just whatever meat they can get. Yeah, oh, Jesus. Oh, is that's where they're Howard? bringing it. Mm. Ron Howard's brother, he puts him in everything. He's got like small roles in all oh, movies okay. and stuff, but like he's sort of the bald Ron Howard, I guess. He's like shorter, balder. I don't know how else to explain. He was very famous as a child star. He was on a famous episode of Star Trek as like a genius baby alien guy, but uh, 
whenever we talk about Ron Howard, I guess I guess the first thing that comes to my mind is uh, Arrested Development, and also the joke in Arrested Development about how he names uh, his children's middle name after where they were conceived. Oh, it does. Like he? Bryce Dallas Howard. I don't think I don't think it's real. I think it's just a joke. But that's why Rebel Alley is named Rebel Alley because she was conceived in an alley. alley. That's a funny joke. That Dude, I do the, not uh, remember any of this either. That they're feeding the dogs. Free them, free them, free them, free at last. Wow, that's crazy. I don't remember any of that. And look at that. Those There's two horses there that are just waiting. You would think, maybe not, but you would think that the guy, obviously the guy is furious at this whole operation for stealing his dog and about to eat his dog. But you would think that the guy would give Cage and Birdie Right? <laughs> I don't know. They, for all he knows, they help steal his dog. No, but he also he just saw them free them. You know what I mean? Like he, they just held doors. I guess. Open. I guess. Oh, he thinks he sees a cat, or it's a flargan. Maybe he's just a scroll and he's having a bad reaction. I saw Captain Marvel for the second time before I saw Endgame, and I liked it more. Mm, Higher, call. further, faster, baby. I still don't love. Like I still don't think it's like a great movie. I think. I think the problem with Captain Marvel sort of is like it's a Superman problem. Like she's too powerful. Well, I think it's just unclear. Like I've found out through like listening to other stuff and I think especially through the HTML guys is that she gets her power from the Tesseract. Like the same way that like Wanda gets her power from an Infinity Stone, like Captain Marvel got her power from Infinity Stone, but it's just not clarified. You know what I'm saying? Like it's well, like, oh, it's, the engine was the designed – from the Tesseract energy, and that exploded, and she absorbed it. It's just... Plus, I also... My biggest gripe with that movie is I just wish it came out, like, I don't know, five years ago? Like, I understand the reasons it didn't, but it just feels kind of wedged in, where it's like, oh, by the way, we forgot to release this movie, and, like, we really need you to see it before the next one, because she's there. It also doesn't feel as evolved as the other stories that they've been telling lately. Like, I feel Mm -hmm. like as movies... Homecoming and Black Panther are both way better. Like more, not that they're either of them are true. I mean, Black Panther maybe more so. Oh, uh, eating that sexy little dish. <laughs> well, that's what it is to him. Um, but I just think not that any Marvel movie is ever going to be truly, truly original. I don't think Black Panther, for reasons, is kind of the exception. But oh, giving that mouth bird, bird mouth to mouth. <laughs> But I just feel like they've evolved to a point where they're a little bit more than just an origin story. And it just felt like Captain Marvel was like... Yeah. I mean, I love it because I love Brie Larson. I think that she's fantastic in the movie. I love her and everything. But I just don't find that movie... Yeah. I think what was kind of... On par with other recent releases. I think what what was smart about it, but what also was kind of difficult for me, was that um, it's sort of like... Not told out of order, necessarily, but, like, it's, uh, you know, like, there's a big mystery surrounding, like, who she is and everything. So it's hard when the main character, like, thinks they know who they are and then realizes they have no idea who they are. Like, I don't know. I was getting a little thrown trying to, like, follow the story, I guess, is what I'm saying. Well, that seemed to be what the contenders liked about it when they covered their episode on it three weeks ago or so, when... Hmm. They liked that it that she didn't that when her her coming to terms with her powers happened at the end as opposed to the beginning. Like they they thought that was. But I still feel like I don't know. I enjoy the movie. Cage freaking out again. 
right, Joey, you think you could hold this down for another 40 seconds while I freshen up my coffee? Of course. I mean, I'm, I don't think I'm going to make it through the end of Birdie without some more coffee. We've got another whole movie to do, but although we're going to be propelled by the G. Yep. So we got the email address mailbag at cageclub.me. I remember talking about this movie when we had Christian Larson on the episode that he, you know, one of our older friends, you know, I'd known him for about a, close to a decade by this point, went to school with him. And when he signed up for the three Cage Club movies that he did, uh, he wanted to do one of the bigger movies that everybody loves. So he did The Rock. He wanted to do a later movie that nobody had ever heard of, which is why he did like a VOD movie. So he did Seeking Justice, which Mike and I have talked about a lot about how we love, uh, but he did not love, and we thought that he was wrong there. And then he also wanted to do an early one that nobody had ever heard of, and so he chose Birdie, and he kind of went into it, not cynically, but I think all three of us were just sort of like, we don't know what this is going to hold, and we wanted to see what it was going to shake out to be. And it wanted to be a really rewarding movie experience, I think. And I think it's difficult. This is another one that's a little bit difficult to watch while we revisit, because you're kind of losing the nuances and the subtleties of the story by talking over or talking about other movies altogether. But I think watching this movie on its own, if you've never seen it before, again, if, you're, if you've never seen this movie before and you're listening to this, what are you doing? Email mailbag at cageclub.me. But if you haven't seen this movie and you're listening to this for some reason, I would say go back and watch the movie uh, I think the movie is very good. It's a surprising early gem in Cage's career. I think it's an underappreciated one, one that people don't know, don't really know about. Maybe not on par with Valley Girl or some of his other movies from the '80s, Vampire's Kiss. But it's it's a good one. And considering this is only his sixth movie and his seventh acting credit, and this is only three years after his first movie came out, I think this is a really solid, strong performance, and definitely an early Cage performance that you're going to want to check out if you have not watched it yet. Now Mike is back, has no idea what I've been saying for the last minute and a half. Nope, but I heard you saying something. Oh, Cage. Getting some action. Mike, you're going to have to listen to this episode. I don't know if you, I don't know if you listen to the... I, I mean, I listen back to these while I edit them, and I take out the, the pops and the whistles and the noises and stuff like that, but... You're going to have to listen to this episode. You're going to have yeah, to remember have to... where you left for coffee and hear what I talked about, because I said some pretty inflammatory stuff. Uh-oh. Dropping swear words. Are you just going to, is it just going to be one long beep? Beep. For, for a minute. I just play the song off my phone, just just YouTube video. I figure if I can play music while you're here... I can't. I can play music while, while you're not here too. You yeah, know what I mean, so. of course. Oh, he's gonna uh, take off the bandage. Do you watch Killing Eve? No. Should I? Yep. Should I check it out. It's good. Yes. Oh, more naked birdie. God, that is a pretty graphic position. Yeah, that's a... like a couple <laughs> degrees up, and you like see into him. Yikes! Wow. That honestly is remarkable balance, though. It is. Like I'm Way sure go, he's Modine. holding out with his hands in between his feet, but it's still at the same time. Or maybe he has his hand against the wall. We couldn't see it in that shot. God, my oh my! Birdie you know, I think between the here. between his acting choices and also between the hair and between the overall just like lighting and everything, it is remarkable how much older he looks post-war 
on the mm-hmm. pre-war. I mean, Cage... Mm-hmm. Well, he shaved his head, yeah, all that kind of thing, right. Cage looks older, too, but I think he's closer. Mm-hmm. I think... He's got that messed accept- up face, like, he's got yeah. the bandage... Well, isn't the whole thing? I mean, we might have even talked about this on the episode that, like, it's the vis- it, it's Cage would get the sympathy because he has the visible yes. remnants of war, whereas Birdie looks fine, mm-hmm. but he's devastated. He's, he's completely a broken man inside. That's a really nice shot, actually, with the big bird against the, the wall like that. Shadow puppets. Shadow moon. Moon shadow. <laughs> Um, but it was the season finale last night. So okay, so yeah, I'll probably watch it tonight after you t- you take off and then hit the hay. I think you, you got to bring in new lifeblood on that show. I think. I think. Well, they they did as far as showrunners. I know they got rid of the season two showrunner and they have a new one for season good. three now. But I just felt like with Kristen Chenoweth and Julian Anderson, the first season there was such yeah excitement, and such power, and then they left. Especially considering, I think it was Brian Fuller, who I love, um, who did the first season, and everything just sort of went to shit. Well, I think, you know, even for for as... Because I've been not reading about, but seeing that there were sort of production issues going on in season two, for as many of those to have been reported, I'm pretty surprised about how well it turned out. At least I think it turned out pretty well so far. I mean, I, again, the show has so much more potential, and I just feel like it's starting to scratch the surface, finally. I think it's the same kind of, of thing as Preacher. Like, I bailed on Preacher. I'm not going to bail on American Gods yet, unless... If season three is... I, in my eyes, if it's worse than season two, I'll stop watching it. Hmm. Well, this is um, the last... They're coming up on the last season of Preacher, they decided. Oh, yeah, but I bailed on that a while ago. Yeah. But now, Seth Rogen, what's-his-face, are bringing another comic book to the Amazon. The Boys. Oh, my God. That comic is just fucked up. Like, I... Garth Ennis, it's the same guy, um, I think, who did Preacher, but, like, it's, the parts of that comic are just deplorable, like, disgusting, like, I can't believe they printed that kind of shit, like, it's just really fucked up. Like, did you see, you don't watch trailers, so you probably didn't see the commercial for it, then. No. Okay, because it's gonna be graphic and in like, fucked up. In fun ways, or in, like, just in... I don't, I don't think so. Personally, I think the comic went too far, but that's sort of part of the point is that they're superheroes, they're unchecked, there's no way you can control them, and they're out of control. The the Boys? Alright, let me watch this right now. I have every issue of the comic, actually, and some of them in trade paperback form, but I I made it through that entire, I can't believe I read every issue of that entire series. That was when I was going off, like I read every issue of Why the Last Man, every issue of Preacher, every issue of that, I went through Akira again, like... All right, Joe Blow uncensored. Here we go. That was not original. Oh, you're watching it now? Yeah. You know what I really want to see that I forgot was coming that Real Bad talked about was Brightborn. Oh yeah, the Killer Superboy. Huh. Like, it's got Carl Urban in it, but I just wish he was doing, like, a whole series of Dread movies instead. Or that he was on the Dread show that I keep hearing about, Mega City 1, that they're trying to make. So the boys are basically humans that are the only... They're like, um... They police the superheroes. But it's like a very sort of impossible job. 
So they're like cops? Sort of. They're more like men in black or like FBI type. And they're the only ones that really know like what absolute trash these quote-unquote heroes are. Why is this trailer two and a half minutes long if that was just a minute ten? Uh, maybe there's the old trailer after know, it. But there's no sound in this one, so... All right. Um, but that's the one where the... I'll give it a shot. Superhero, the the, the one sat on the guy's head. Is and that something exploded, <laughs> yeah. So it's like, in the comic, it's like they're super, like, sexual too. So, like, you know, they have to, like, have super sex with everything. Sure. They can't just have, like, normal sex. Um, so, like, they can't have sex with humans, or else they'll, like, fucking Well, I mean, that's death. always the thing, that, like, if Superman ever ejaculated yes. in Lois Lane... So that happens, like, in the comics. Her, her yeah. stomach and her back. <laughs> so, like, that's the starting point. <laughs> but I feel like, you know, I like the idea of Preacher. I never read the Preacher comics, and I liked the, the first few episodes of Preacher, and then I think it just sort of went downhill, but I really do think that we're, we're entering a world in which there's fewer... Like, I think it's hard to watch a show on basic cable or on, on network, right? It's not a comedy. I mean, even comedies are sort of, but like an hour-long drama or something on like CBS or NBC or Fox or ABC when you compare it to, to like AMC or stuff because like you can get away with so much more. Yeah. Not even in terms of like the quality because like the quality of the showrunner whoever, you know, it's it's totally different. Are we getting new, like female nudity? I don't remember this. When did this happen? <laughs> Birdie. Poor woman. Birdie. It's not your fault. Why is she sorry? Because she thinks that, like, he's not impressed by her. Crazy. Because all high schoolers are, you know. Oh, yeah, they should be making out. Um, but I think the same way you're comparing network to cable, I think cable to streaming, where there's no censorship on right. streaming. Yeah. And you're not construct, you know, constructed by episode length or whatever. Mm-hmm. I just think that it's hard to like. I kind of wish, and I, I do think, show channels like FX and AMC and stuff like that are bucking the trend where they're allowing more swearing and stuff like that because you don't need yeah. to. Even sci-fi censor on uh, the Expanse, they say fuck all the time. Because the the thing that people don't realize, and I don't, I don't think that is just because people didn't do it because they were afraid of losing advertising money, is that like. If you force people to pay for your channel, so as long as you're not like a network that can get picked up by satellite or by, mm-hmm. you know, a, a antenna or whatever, uh, you can say or show whatever you want. People just don't because they're afraid that they're going to lose more nudity. They're going <laughs> to lose advertising money. Right. Um, yeah. And so allowing more language, allowing more grisly violence, allowing a little bit more nudity uh, is the trend. But I still feel like just... You know, not that, not that you need to utilize those things to to make a good show, but I think having the ability to use those things on a Netflix or Amazon or Hulu or HBO or Stars mm-hmm. or Cinemax or whatever just gives you the creative freedom to, like, unleash your potential. Like, imagine if Preacher was, like, truly uncensored. Right, yeah, no, I hear you. It does feel, it feels restrained. Yeah. So I don't know what the boys is actually going to be like, but I will give it a shot because why not? Maybe Birdie was already a little like gone before he was gone. 
Well, I think he just never felt a, a normal around people. I think that's what this whole movie is sort of, you know? Mm-hmm. And then I think war just further broke him. This week I watched... I didn't enjoy it, but I finished up uh, the second half of the final season of Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Okay. Which is a show that really went downhill over time. I think the first season's great, and I think the second season was really good. But the third season I did not love, and the fourth season, broken into two halves, was not great. But there are at least three different Tokyo Drift, or three different Fast and Furious references in the last, like, six really? episodes. Yeah, like, it's just another one of the shows where, like, the, the creators love the Fast and Furious. Well. I mean, I also realize that I'm on, like, hyper-acute awareness whenever I see one of these things in popular culture wherever I just see a Fast and Furious reference because that's the frequency that my brain is tuned into. But, yeah. like, there was a poster of Tokyo Drift. Like, all, like just, there's just so many different things that are, like, very overtly Fast and Furious references. Oh, um... Pretty great. The sad John Singleton news today. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, he just died in the last, like, hour or so. Um, Fast and Furious. Too Fast, Too Furious. Go check that movie out. Whew. I really thought Cage shaved in this. So did I, but I guess he can't because he's got. Uh, but I could swear that face. he shaves. Maybe he shaves after he gets it off his face. I don't know. Maybe it's still time. There's still an hour left. No, <laughs> just kidding. 20, no, I meant. Minutes. I know. I know that. Oh, so today I was at the tile store picking out tile from a bathroom, and is uh, that like a tile on the brain? Oh, it might be. Yeah, actually, now that I think about it. Um, and uh, I had the best uh, – man, I mean, this was like the smoothest recovery I could have ever asked for. So like I did this – I asked a really stupid question. I was like, oh, since this tile is bigger, do we have to buy less of it? And it doesn't matter because it's the same square foot footage and stuff. So she goes – she goes, no. I go, oh, I, I was joking anyway, because I could tell she gave me like the list. She goes, oh, thank goodness, because people ask me that all day long. <laughs> oh, is this a experimental flying cam? Yeah. Which is pretty cool. Birdie cam. It's like uh, we have warged it out. We are now Bran in the mind of a bird. I'm going to leave now. Are you caught up? Do you watch Game of Thrones? I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean... Did you watch last night? I watched it, but I'm not sure I saw it all. Oh, yeah, no, because it was shot like shit. It was impossible to watch. Like, I was so aggravated. And then the few glimpses, I was like, oh, it's such a great idea, but, like, they're not executing this well at all. Um, it's like, you can control... Like, uh, there are ways to do night legibly, you know, like, and then there are ways to do it, they did it, which is just like... I feel like that's the same, like, that's just what they always do, because it's... Well, what they what it's they will... True to the, it's true that's to what the they're trying to say. This is how it would be like if you were there, where it's like, motherfucker, I'm sitting in my house from a couch, like, I'm not there. I want to be able to see the battle. Endgame was... I mean, it's all, Endgame is all CGI, as opposed to this is, like, just partly CGI, but, like, Endgame was clearly visible. Like, oh, yeah. That was, was way was better. That was way better. And I was, was worried when they started movie. lining up. I was like, uh-oh, this is amazing, but, like, am I going to lose track of everything? But no, I was surprised. Because yeah. there's been a lot of, you know, the last 23 hours or whatever, I've had lots of conversations about Game of Thrones, and 
it's I don't like, I don't want like I I think the scale of it was incredible. Like the epic scale, the epic mm-hmm. how big it felt was all amazing. It just so you know what? I just still don't understand why the Night King, what the Night King, how the Night King, like who gives a shit anymore? Like all of that for that. Like it was, it should have come down to the last two episodes, not well, not like. Well, they're saying that it was sort of a fake out all along in a way that it was well, because it's always it's, it, the closest thing to compare it to is like on The Walking Dead, like The Walking Dead, you think are the zombies, but it's actually the people. So it's the same thing here, yeah. like. You know the, the 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 real enemy was never. But there's no way they're not going to defeat humans after just killing. Well, all it's not the about de- defeating because I mean you know that Dan- this is also spoilers for Game of Thrones, but like Danny's side and Sansa's side are going to separate, and people might be like, "Well, now that I, now that we beat the Walker, like the White well, Walkers, we'll like see. I don't I don't owe you any allegiance. Yeah, and the North will never bend the knee, and all this different stuff. Like I feel like I you know oh yeah, this is uh, flash nom flashbacks. I think that's Birdie's flashback. No, I hear what you're saying. Like, I just, ugh, I don't know. I it feels like all of the build up, but like none of the sort of like none of it resonated with me because I don't know about like you have explosions. They, they made such a big deal out of Night King, and we never find out who he is. Like, it just bothered me. Like, it's impressive and it's cool looking. I don't have explosions. But I have one friend who really, really loves. He loved, loved past tense the show. The thing he loves the books, and he's just grown frustrated by how it just feels. And I think the problem that I have with it is that I is it's a problem that I thought might be fixed in the final season. Okay, is that they can't kill characters off hmm. because of contracts and stuff. But like. You have this battle where, like, it's the greatest foe that the world has ever seen. Like, three and people died that we care about, you know? Like, yeah, why did it, how did how those Beyond people survive? Like, that's it. Oh, well, Joro, right? Mormund. Joro. Joro Mormund. And his was the best. Like, Zerka. using himself as a shield and all and protecting and, and Khaleesi. Beric, but, like... But the people who died were not, like, quote-unquote, No Lannisters died. Like, no Starks no died. No Starks. Like, I can't believe Arya survived... Getting choked, like I it thought for like sure her, her neck got snapped. I thought for sure she died. I don't know. It was weird. Like it was, un- you know, it's funny. It's like they tried to do Endgame. You have helicopters? No, is that El Cerrillo? Maybe they tried to do Endgame, right? But it just didn't satisfy. Like it, they just never they didn't make it past the finish line. Whereas like Endgame was like, yeah. yes, like you totally, I've got it. Like I, I'm so satisfied with this. Because it's like the culmination, and then I feel like they drop the ball. I also think, in a weird way, and this is—I don't—I don't, I don't want to keep being rude to Game of Thrones because I think that what they're trying to do is oh, it's still amazing, difficult. But, like, but I feel like they—they they backed themselves into a corner where, like, no matter what they did, people wouldn't have been satisfied. Well, I think for me, the major issue that I had is them building up the Night King without explaining him enough. Like, I understand—he can. He needs to be more than just a face. Like, we literally got nothing about him except that he can bring people back to life. Like, there's no character there. And then the other thing is that it was just hard to see what was happening. And, like, I feel like that's a problem with the show in general is that they're trying to make it as if we're seeing it through the character's eyes and the medieval setting and everything. But, like, 
it's a TV show. Like, you know, you can stylize that shit. Like, make it so I can see what's actually happening if it's yep. that important. And I'm usually cool with that. Like, it, you know, I try to go story first and, you know, executing the visuals second if possible. And But, uh-oh. Let's talk about strong visuals. Birdie naked in his birdcage. I hope Cage puts a hat on in this scene. Just, just hanging out naked. He's looking, he's just looking down, like just like a weird, kind of uncomfortable. Like he must be very comfortable with Birdie, but also doesn't, it doesn't feel like it. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't feel like they're that close. I guess it's just there's no modesty. Last night I flew. Oh, you flew? Oh. How you flew? <laughs> That's a good line. <laughs> I think this is maybe the only time all movie that we've seen Birdie happy since he like hmm. was first on the top of that roof. Seems like the most he's really like opened up and talked. Yeah. Oh, you flew? How oh, you flew? Yikes, Birdie! Look at that. With, I mean, he's got it's it's lipstick on his collar, but it does look like the vampire's kiss blood. Yeah. You know what I noticed about Cage is that I feel like he's always sounded the same. <laughs> like, is that? I don't know if that's true, but like he sounds the way he does here as he does like yeah in modern movies. Yep. And I wonder, I mean, you know, because I think of guys like Pacino, like his voice changed. Like even, even like, uh, like De Niro and stuff. Like these guys, like guys, people go through changes and stuff and their voice changed and their, their timbre and their volume and whatever. I can tell you that in the next movie, he will not have the same voice. Oh yeah. Well, he puts it on. Yeah. He definitely affects that. One movie where we were just watching, I think we just talked about it, where somebody puts on kind of a, oh, it was, was it Replicas? Or somebody puts no, on like no, a Bogart? it was um, Volunteers, when oh, uh, Tom Hanks does yeah. the snobby voice. Yeah. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Build a bridge. God. Thank God that the next movie they were doing is The Money Pit, because, oh boy, I am struggling. With Hanks. Thanks, Hanks. Pardew. Oh, Cage wears a hat! God. Bingo! Alright, you're at 145.48. Wow. Is that a red sports car? <laughs> of the time. <laughs> Bingo. <laughs> Alright. So, what, do, what five do you have? Okay. Nudity, Cage wears a hat, free space, the beach, and gift worthy scene. I have Cajun Jail, Red Sports Car, Free Space, Crazy Eyes, Gift-Worthy Scene. <laughs> Sweet. How many spaces do you have crossed off, including oh, the Free Space? I have 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. Wow. I have 1, 2, 3, Oh, no, 4, 12, 12, 12, sorry. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, including the, including the Free Space, right? Yeah, because someone didn't return from a previous I have 13. Movie. I thought I had more than that. I felt like I had more than that. But a full card. Oh, nice. We both, we both bingo Within like seconds. a couple seconds, yeah. What's with this list? 
Oh, that's my it's my movies of the two thousands. It's not in it's not in order. Oh, okay, I'm trying okay. to. It's gonna be for a future Tub Talk episode, but it's not quite in order. We're only gonna do the top twenty. I ranked my top one hundred. Right, right. But it doesn't feel good after about twenty, maybe twenty five. Look at that cable car. Wow. It's all time. Actually, really after my top 13, I'm kind of iffy. But my top 13 is pretty solid. I said, So I sent you this list a while ago. I sent it to you and Joe, too. But do you mm-hmm. remember how many movies in my top 13 can you guess? Of the 2000s. So 2000 to current Well, day. I remember uh, the one I did guess was Ocean's Eleven. Right? That was in your... 16. That's not... That's oh, at the time it was... Oh, okay. It must have been a previous list. Uh, Jupiter Ascending. No, that's 64. <laughs> it's on there, but it's not that high. I don't know. Uh, top, my, everybody my thir- wants some. My 13 favorite movies of the 2000s. Yes, number nine. Um, We've done podcasts about one, two, three... Mandy? Three of them. No, Mandy's not. I don't even know if Mandy's in my top 100. Oh, Mandy's 54. Oh, what years are these again? 2000 to current day. Yikes, that's a that's almost 20 years. It is. Hmm. There's nothing from this year on this on this list. I've added the beach bomb somewhere, but it's not on this list. I printed. Oh, oh, okay. So I know that uh, Spring Breakers is number two. Is on there. Hmm. We are your friends. <laughs> it's on here somewhere. Uh, number 95. <laughs> You've not gotten one wrong yet. Right. Hmm. Oh, oh, out of sight? Was that, oh, no, that was 96 or something. 98. Or 98. 98. Fury Road is on number there. One. My number one favorite movie of the 2000s. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. Is Drive on there? Drive jumped up a lot, I think, after I saw it. This is a 39 on this list as, of, as when I printed it out. There's a there's a franchise that you're missing that you're oh Fast and Furious so guess some, guess some specific movies six number four five number fourteen three number thirty one four I don't think so wow four's not on there anywhere I don't think so okay all right then two's not going to be on there correct is one on there number thirty. And eight's not going to be on there. Nope. Seven? Number 28. Okay, that's all of them, I think. I think so. Wow, this is Birdie losing it. Wow. Um, hmm. There's some very big movies that you know that I love. I know, but it's hard to get the years for me. To think back. So this is, so this is like 2006-ish mm. to 2003, 2015-ish, maybe 2012, 13... Kill Bill on there? Kill Bill, a whole bloody affair is number three. That's one and two together. Um, Here's a hint for number 11. Hints. Cookie, 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 I'm a cookie monster. Oh, is that Magic Mike's? XXL. <laughs> number 11. Pony, pony, pony. Um, wah, wah, number 10 wah. is set in Detroit. Well, oh, that one is um, It Follows? Mm-hmm. Okay. Number eight is a movie that we will cover on a 
one-off episode of Cinemakers. It's by a director who's done two movies, both of which I really like. But this oh, one, um, Upstream Color. Number eight. Number seven is a, po- a movie that we've podcasted about. Hmm. One of my hmm. favorite movies. From and it's from a lot of people have been asking if I'm back and I haven't oh, really. Oh wow, had an John Wick, yeah. Mr. Vick, Baba six, Yaga. Number six is one we should have podcasted about, but we have not yet. Really? So it's out, but we haven't done it. Which I've sort of been delaying it because I think I think the project that we did is a closed shop. Oh, American Honey. Number six. Yeah, I love that movie too. That's a good one. Number five is. Uh, I don't know how to get make you guess this. Um, uh, maybe our, our our favorite collective. I think shared... that's the watercolor I want to have painted off of Etsy right there. You know how your sister had that one made yeah. for you. Okay, sorry. <laughs> uh, Number five. Maybe our our favorite shared director, the director that we had, that we like the most combined. Oh, that's an interesting. Uh... I think if if it's if it's not this guy. It's he's very high up there. Really? Yeah. Um, who do we both like that much? Because we both like a lot of people the same, but I feel like we also go in. Hmm. If you give me the director, the movie. Yeah, yeah, it'll be obvious. Okay. Uh, I'll just I'll do the, the star is Naomi Watts. Hmm. And Laura Harry. Hmm. Hmm. Justin Thoreau. Oh, okay. Um, the uh, Mulholland. Mulholland Drive. Yeah, the scariest movie I've ever seen. I think it scares the shit out I of me. I think maybe if we had to rank collectively our favorite directors, I think David Lynch would probably be David Lynch, yeah. One. Crossover. Uh, number yeah. twelve is a movie we talked about a lot a lot earlier tonight. <laughs> it might have been on this episode. It might not have been on this episode. Oh boy! Uh, the sequel just came out. Go shoddy. Oh, okay, yeah, Happy Death Day. I knew that was going to be on there somewhere. Number 13 is my favorite movie from last year. Oh, shit. It's on the tip of my tongue. Um, Balls on your tongue? Is there a marmalade on your tongue? Yeah, Paddington 2. Yep. Uh, number 15 is maybe your favorite movie. Oh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a podcast that we recorded. It's not a show that you and I do together, but you've been on the episode, and you said this might have been your favorite movie. Oh, The Nice Guys. Yep. Yeah, that is... By far, one of my favorite modern... Probably my favorite movie since the year 2000. That'd probably be number one on that number list. Number 17 is a podcast that we just recorded in the last two months. That current? Yep. That's a new release. Replicas. Yes. <laughs> yes. My number 17 favorite movie. No. Um, sorry, I just got to stand and stretch for a second. No one's listening. Um... Yeah, seriously. Who's who's out there? Who's still listening? Can you guess Joey's are, favorite movies? Are you guessing these? Yeah. We recorded an episode on this. Uh huh. On our show. Uh huh. You got to be kidding me. We recorded so much, I could lose track. I don't know what. I'll give you a needle drop. All right, you ready? Okay. Into the Spider-Verse? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, it's a great movie. Number 18, uh, maybe the movie that Joe 2 and I disagree with about the most. 
Really? What movie do I love that he cannot stand? And he and I have podcasted about it, too. Did you really? Yeah. Um, okay, so that means it's either a Channing Tatum movie. Uh-huh. Is it a Channing Tatum movie? Nope. It's a Gosling movie? Uh-huh. I haven't listened to all of them. Is it Only God Forgives? Nope. Okay. Well, that's on the list somewhere, though. Where is that? Only God Forgives. Wow, 55. look at... Dude, he's he's going... This is where he's going to jump soon. What? Yeah. Uh, Cue La Bamba. So, it's a Goss film you guys disagree upon, huh? Is it Goss Behind the Pines? Nope. No, he likes that one. He does. Yeah, I like that one, too. This is Another Day of Stars. Another Day of Sun, sorry. Ooh, groin kick. Um... You've got the red track. You got the oh La La Land. Number nineteen is directed by a guy. He saved jazz. Who was considered to direct Fate of the Furious? We just talked about this. Okay. This movie is a mashup of Halloween and the Terminator. What? Didn't I already say It Follows? Because um, that kind of feels like a mashup of Halloween and the Terminator. Shit's about to hit the fan. I want you to guess the numbers 19 and 20 before this episode's over. Oh, uh, It's no... Halloween meets the Terminator, directed by a guy who was considered a direct Fate of the Furious, starring, or in second build... Oh, the, oh, oh, the, the guest? It follows. The, guest? Yeah, the guest? Oh, I love the guest, yes. My man. There he goes. All right, I got one more to guess during the credits. I still can't believe that, like... What? <laughs> Cue La Bamba. Like, that is such a ridiculous <laughs> ending. Like, it's... there is genuine... I mean, like, the whole movie is kind of like... It's... it's, it's mm-hmm. Yes, it rattling. is. Yeah. But then with the sound, with the action... Yes, the crescendo. And then he just is fine. <laughs> Zimmy what? the human fish. Okay. Okay. So, actually, we're going to watch this because we're going to look for the birds. Okay, number 20. We'll see how many you can get. Okay? Number 20 we talked about earlier. The true, true. Oh, okay, yeah, Cloud Atlas. 21 uh, is a movie that scares the shit out of you. Another, oh, there's not that many. So, oh, oh, uh, it's either The Witch. Yep. 21. Okay. <laughs> I recently rewatched Hereditary. Scared the shit out of me. Oh, my God. Uh, 22 is... Um, Seagull, Jonathan, Snake, Monty, Jungle Bird, Horatio, Pigeons, numbers 1 to 84. All right. Um, number 22 is uh, a war brother fighting brother. Ooh. That's a, that's a very obscure line from this movie. That has nothing to do with it. Uh, it's a movie that stars Thor where he's not Thor. Is it The Cabin in the Woods? Yep. Uh, 23 is another Gosling movie. Um, My second favorite Gosling movie, apparently. Really? Also starring Ana de Armas. Really? Yep. Which one was that? Jared Leto. Have I seen this one? Oh, wait. Uh, what? What movie is that? Harrison Ford. What? Oh, God. Oh, Blade Runner. What am I thinking? Blade God Runner, damn. Why does... I just had a freaking mind... 
mind number just 24 is snapped. 24 and 25 are both sci-fi movies, like really heavy, hard sci-fi. Really? 24 and 25. Replicas? No. <laughs> yep. Both of them. Wait, but Blade Runner is like super hard. Well, yeah, but that's, there are also three sci-fi in a row, but yeah. Okay. These next two are both about aliens. Kind of. One's really about aliens, one's kind of about aliens. But it'll, it'll winds up not being about aliens. Oh, that's a good clue. You might think it's about aliens, but it's not. And the other one really is. Yep. Oh, okay, so one is Annihilation? Nope. Really? Because that you think Annihilation's that's about on it. here somewhere. Okay. Annihilation's sixty, but that might go up higher. So yeah, that's got to be a little higher upon rewatch. What are the big alien movies that came? Um, District Nine? No, that's not up there. On I'm going to give you another uh, needle drop. Oh, Arrival! Yep. Duh, that movie's beautiful. I've watched that recently too. Cried the entire movie. <laughs> and then uh, Twenty Five is a, a movie we podcasted about hard sci-fi. Replicas. No, <laughs> my, my favorite by this director. Uh, we're running out of credits. You gotta get this last one. I know. The, Top 25. The pressure's insane. My uh, favorite movie by this director. Hard sci-fi from five years ago. You think it's about aliens, but it's not about aliens. Oh my god. I can't get it. You're gonna have to give it to me. The episode's over. Uh, Matt Damon plays an asshole in it. Matt Damon's in it? Yeah. And it's... He's not the star. And it's probably like 10th build. And it's not about aliens? But you think it is? Whoa. Hey, Murph. Oh, Interstellar? Yep. That's right, he is in that as Dr. Man. Oh, wow, crazy. Good We'll game. come back in two weeks for Army <laughs> of One when I get Mike to guess... I, we don't know what we're doing the next episode. We're going to guess the rest of the 100 movies. I guess so. Uh, cageclub.me, facebook.com slash cageclub, and at cageclubpod on Twitter and Instagram. Email mailbag at cageclub.me. Did you make it to the end? I will send you a prize. Email us your mailing address. Let us know. In the, in the mail. Bye.